The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose on the great plain called the Caroline Grass. The wind was not the beginning, there are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. everyone. This is the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author. In this season, we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. And currently, we are reading The Shadow Rising, which is book four. We just started it. The queens in this podcast include myself, Alex, Marissa beside me, and Tay on a screen. <laughs> we are your guides and companions for your adventure through various fantasy worlds. And the two of you have had a time. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? With this book so far. <laughs> what do you mean? I have been completely normal about this book so far. I have not not gone through like two stacks of orange tabs, which... If you're new to this pod or, and or forgot because, you know, that happens. Orange means ick. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of icks. <laughs> yeah, buckle up, boys. Orange means anything from little ick to, oh my god, I almost stopped reading. But <laughs> I have a podcast and people are depending on me. It's a good thing you're attached to this podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, Marissa may have thrown the book. <laughs> like, I'm going to be done. honest and... We're going to make a lot of jokes about this, but I will say I might have DNF. Yeah. Like it was bad. Already. Everything I've said before this contradicts the fact that I just said I would DNF because I be I've been having a good time. Yeah. I don't think in the 253 pages that I read, I had not a great time. No. That is a lot of pages to not have a great time while you're reading. This is true. So... I also, and I remember this because I've recently edited it, but I said in the beginning, I gave Robert Jordan a lot of credit. I was like, wow, he knows how to write romance. I was wrong. I was wrong. I actually fully take that back. <laughs> he knows how to write scenes between Lan and Nynaeve and everything else uh, is still up for judgment. All right. So <laughs> Rosa has thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts. Italics. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts. You you mean you didn't like the most awkward secondhand embarrassment situation between Rand and Egwene and I Elaine? actually I actually like when you said I was gonna have secondhand embarrassment I didn't know which part you were referencing because it was just all awful. <laughs> I was like the whole so two hundred and fifty three pages of secondhand embarrassment and also wanting to throw the book across the room. Incredible. I actually yelled so loud that my dog, I felt bad for my dog because he thought he was getting in trouble. And so he kept <laughs> oh, no. like curling up next to me being like, Howie. I'm not doing anything <laughs> wrong, right? Aww. 
And I was like, it's not you. It's Robert Jordan. We can't have that. <laughs> All right. Well, and with that. Okay. Do you want to do, do your two sentence summary? Don't let Marissa do it. She will not stop. I can already tell. <laughs> it's going to be the longest two sentences. Yeah, it's not going to be two sentences. Okay, so. Wait, I will give you I will give you an actual one sentence summary. Misogyny. <laughs> that's what happened. Just one word. That, that's it. That's that's the summary. All right. So we have Min doing things. She's back. <laughs> That's all I have to say about her. Then we get basically a, pr- a prologue, but in chapter one form. I don't There yeah, was like a Robert lot of things Jordan, where I was like, this could Robert have been a prologue. Said, no prologues. <laughs> but but chapter one will be. But still prologues. I'm just not going to call them that. <laughs> Fael wants Perrin to GTFO out of here. Like Fael's ready to leave. She's like, come on, Perrin. Let's go. And Perrin's like... What if I you have just left? Some duty, <laughs> <laughs> but also go away. <laughs> Matt is doing Matt things, gambling, getting into just Think doing things that he's not supposed to. Matt, don't touch that. He walks into Matt. Don't say that. Matt, actually, just stop in general. Yeah. <laughs> Rand is doing Rand things. He has a moment with Egwene and Elaine that is in my eyes just very funny the whole situation hilarious and then we had different thoughts on that <laughs> <laughs> might not be hilarious in a good way we'll discuss <laughs> the girls are doing some i don't know field research with their the people they captured and that's what we're calling it field research okay <laughs> interrogating that's the word i was looking for i don't know where field research field came from. research <laughs> okay i guess Maureen the weirdest is master's program ever. Yeah, Maureen is just dealing with all sorts of crap from everybody. <laughs> Everybody's mad at her. And that's really all I have. We're the plan is okay, wait. What actually happened is Rand has to make a decision on what they're gonna do next. Maureen wants him to do a certain thing. He's like, seems like a trap. I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> and then he tells her, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's what happens. That's what you missed on the wheel of time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. what I have. I don't know. I'm well, further in on the book, so I don't remember. <laughs> Plus it's tainted with misogyny, so I don't remember some things either. <laughs> well start we're starting with Min. Yeah, we're starting with Min. Min's got to Tarvalin and she's delivering her message to the Amerlin. And she has like a bunch of viewings while she shows up at the White Tower. It seems like all of them are gonna have at the same time and it looks like Aes Sedai are gonna die orders are gonna get hurt there's just like there's gonna be something going on and it doesn't seem good the Amarlin is like hey I'm gonna keep you around because you're a good spy (laughs) and Elmindrida is not impressed with this situation so I have so I had a theory okay I'm just gonna take that over from Tay for once I have have one here too so let's let's compare oh I want to I want to hear your theory first (laughs) no I want to hear your first you said it no you first (laughs) how do you say her actual name Elmindrida yeah sure Elmindrida Elmindrida at least that's how I pronounce it Elmindrida this is just makeover scene (laughs) she had a makeover she got makeup she's wearing dresses (laughs) no one can tell who she is (laughs) this is like the princess diaries like they cut her hair and took her glasses off and like she's a different person and this and give you a princess that's exactly what <laughs> like it was. she got curly hair yeah she was yeah. that one's like hey and, you're kind of hot seat is like no one's gonna recognize you because i'm gonna make you pretty <laughs> wear a dress <laughs> and min oh. is min is so min is so upset and then just just gets told to do it for rand and <laughs> i know i know the scene is gonna be rand showing up at some point and she's gonna be all dolled up and he's gonna be like oh my god you're actually so pretty (laughs) 
wait a second like before she had the mask on in cinderella story and like he didn't know who she was and then yeah like, all of a this sudden. is like this is like very girl takes off her glasses and takes her hair out of a pony and the guy's like oh my god you're actually hot you're beautiful <laughs> you're actually a girl i'm into it <laughs> just like okay I'm into I, I, am, it. I, I am i am into girls of all shapes sizes i am like just like That's matt, matt. <laughs> matt. <laughs> and yeah min runs into gowan in this scene and now gowan's like gowan's wow, like we're hey, just more often girl <laughs> where Oh, yeah, that was awful. That was like, that was so low-key misogyny that I didn't even note it because we had so much going on here. But he also is like, hey, I want to know where my sister is because I'm supposed to protect her. Also, where's Egwene? And she's like, okay, I get why you want to know about your sister, but why do you care about Egwene? He's like, no reason. <laughs> oh, okay. Absolutely no reason. We can't, we can't crack this code. It's <laughs> like, wow, you're hiding this so well. <laughs> okay, so my theory. Oh, yeah, you haven't even said your theory. Yet. I haven't even said my theory. So I'm theorizing, and maybe this is, this is, there's a chance that this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to like assume all along, and I'm just behind the game here. But I assume Min can touch the pattern, and that's what she's actually seeing. Okay. With her visions. That was my thought. Pieces of the pattern, basically. Yeah, she's basically like reaching in and like being able to. I don't know if she's like intentionally doing no, it. No, 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 not intentionally that's... because it definitely comes without warning. And yeah, so, but that was the thought I had, just the way that they were just. Describing how it worked. Yeah, I like it that. It just felt like she could just see the pattern and that's what she was seeing when she looked at people and that's why she knew for sure. Yeah, I, I like that theory. I like that. I like that too. In a good way. Do you think she has any control over it or like she's just seeing what the pattern's like headed towards? I don't think she has conscious control over it, but I do think she's highly in tune to it and might be subconsciously reaching out towards it when she feels... Like if I'm thinking about her being able to touch the pattern, it's almost like she can... In the same way that like Taverin can like move the pattern, move the pattern, but not really mean to, but they can tell when it's moving. I think she can tell when something significant has happened in it, and that's when she might be reaching out to touch it, and that's when she's seeing her visions. Okay, because like also some of her visions, like we get a whole bunch of like she's like people are gonna die here, like this is really scary. Which then she agrees to stay, and I'm like, girl, but okay, it's for Rand. It's for Rand. <laughs> Everything's for end. I'm going to talk in that voice the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. So I think that's also why when she looks at people she cares about or has relationships to, she does tend to see more. And also she sees more when they have something to do with her. So she's saying like she can't really tell just looking at someone. But like we've seen that it affects the people she cares about more. So. Right. Either it's because she's entangled with them, which I don't think is entirely true, but also potentially just interested in them and then subconsciously reaching into the pattern to be like, oh, what does it have in store for you? And then the pattern's just spitting out random images at her. Yeah. Okay. Of course, that being said, I'm sure Jordan in the next section is going to explain it in like a completely opposite way. That's what he <laughs> loves to do to me. So, well, you'll have to continue to read to find that out. <laughs> I like how you just have variations on read and find out now. You just like expand how you're going to say it. Well, this one, I feel like I'm yeah, apologizing in the, I'm, I'm sorry, but you do have to continue to read. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Marissa, but you have committed. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I like that theory. That's cool. It feels like a good explanation for what she's doing. So, right? Yeah. I believe you. That, that oh, tracks. Thanks. My theory from this section isn't so in depth, but when we're running into Gowan, 
One of the visions Min has over Gowan is a sword floating above his head and a banner waving behind it. The sword is like the sword the warders use and has a heron engraved on it, sign of a blade master. Ooh. What uh, did I say that no, I said Galad was gonna become a Gwen's warder. Yeah. Min can't tell if the sword is threatening him or belongs to him. I think it belongs to him. And Yeah, I think that's actually very clear that it belongs to him and Jordan's like, You don't know. <laughs> you can't know. <laughs> And then the banner bore Gowan's sigil of the charging white boar, but on a field of green rather than the red of Andor. Both the sword and banner faded with the blood. So I think Elaine is going to become green Aja and Gowan's going to be one of her warders. I think she's going to have multiple. Oh my god, just Galad and Gawain? <laughs> just both? <laughs> well, she hates her half-brother, her one half-brother, so. <laughs> oh, you said Elaine. Yeah, Elaine. Yeah, Elaine. Oh, I heard a Gwen. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I mean, Ryan. they really are names that are too similar. They're both women. So Elaine, Gwaine. Uh, one has yeah. dark hair, one has red hair. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that. And Different shade. I Different think shade. That this particular vision, because men can't really tell the time that well, even though she can somehow tell that all these people are going to get hurt on the same day. Convenient. But I, I think that this vision with the banner and the sword aren't related to the tower attack that's pending, but to the last battle. So that's, I see that happening. Okay, so we also have our first instance of Marissa using an orange tab. <gasps> Yay! Yay! I'm so excited for these. When she reaches the Amarlin seat, just, and this is something you're going to notice dear readers throughout this entire section is jordan just said how can i make this female character naked and in this case he said the most powerful i said i min's just gonna see her lying on the ground naked because <laughs> obviously that means bad things and she is standing so also this is just weird writing to me but halfway down with her skirts already spread she froze like a crouching toad that's a great description of him thank you <laughs> the amarlin sea was standing there as regal as any queen and for a moment she was also lying on the floor naked <laughs> aside from her being in only her skin there was something odd about the image but it vanished before min could say what i think in that scene too like she tells the she amarlin seat and she's like uh, no no doubt that i'll take a lover <laughs> yeah but there was something odd in the image, so my paranoid brain about how Jordan is writing women right now, I'm like, I really hope this isn't a sexual assault thing, but I yeah. feel like it might be. That's the vibe I got. Or she's lying naked, dead. I don't think it's great news for the Amarlin seed. To be dead? <laughs> no, just the vision in general. Yeah. I don't think- I don't think it's a lover. Bad I don't think it's a lover, around. especially because she joked about it, and it's like, oh, no, silly woman joked sauce. about it, but she's actually going to get totally sexually assaulted. I kind of got that vibe too. I wish I didn't, but here we are. Uh, we so. also have cool little line. I, I don't know how I fully feel about it. So okay. she says, <laughs> I may be a fool, but I'm not the first woman to be woman to be a fool over a man. I don't know. He says fool a lot and I should hate it, but I, I do like the lines where somebody's like, I'm not that kind of fool though. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have my second orange tab. All right. So... They're discussing basically like Min's cover story for why she's going to be in the tower and the Amarlin seats like, okay, so I will let it be put about... This is the stupidest cover story of all time. <laughs> that... I hate this cover story. <laughs> Mistress Elmindreda? Elmindreda, yeah. Dreda or Dreda? Elmindreda. Elmindreda managed to encourage two suitors to the point that she had to take shelter from them 
in the tower until she can decide between them. A few women still claim sanctuary every year and sometimes for reasons as silly. And I just have to say, what a line written by a man. Because no woman, I feel like, would listen to that story. She's encouraged two stalkers. Yeah. She, <laughs> and that's like, just my, silly. My brain immediately jumped to... So like as it started out, I was like, oh, that's a good cover story because having two suitors and like them potentially subtly implied that they might get violent or something with each other or with her like that is a good cover story for why somebody would take sanctuary in the tower yeah and then he was like for reasons as silly as that and i was like okay that's fine (laughs) women are so silly when they're scared of men it's so silly how they just like try to hide from men and they try to (laughs) trick men and they're just so goofy (laughs) goofy as if it's not a real threat as if it's not a real threat or something that happens often or like anything like that definitely not and i know he probably wrote this and was like oh i mean this that like, like a lighthearted a lighthearted yeah. joke and not that they were gonna get violent but i was like as a woman i immediately went yeah. oh that's kind of a that could be a potentially scary situation and he went to the like isn't that so goofy yeah <laughs> it's so goofy i don't know why anyone would be hiding from two men <laughs> a shock a shock true and i was like the amerlin seed would not be sitting here being like that's a silly reason yeah so i was like man writing woman we also run into, so we run into both Gawain and Galad here. And Taylor, you mentioned that Galad's full name is Galadadrid, Dem- Damadrid. So Damadrid is the same last name as Moraine. So Galad's dad is Moraine's half-brother. So Galad and Elaine share a dad, Terengel, Terengel, but different moms. And then Terengel was Moraine's half-brother. That's how that works. So she's his half-aunt. There's a lot of halves in this family. Which, I mean... I have lots of halves in my family, so love that broken home representation. I feel like it's probably more that maybe this guy died, but that's fine. Well, he he is dead. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't just a divorce. I don't think divorce is a thing in this well, world. Well, I mean, I well, he had like well, so maybe, Galad's... but then the women would have to hide in the tower for like silly reasons. Like exactly. That, you know, yeah. Galad and so Elaine have silly. different moms, so I mean, technically, he had a different wife, and then he changed and has a different wife so i guess he got divorced <laughs> or something yeah I guess. it's confusing the royal family there's lots of did the wife die the first wife you'll have to read That's... that and find okay. out. <laughs> oh. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest he's gonna be like obviously this entire time this person was secretly related to this person and you should have realized it because you should have jotted down every time I mentioned a family so that's actually on you if that's the case I'll catch yeah. it don't worry yeah please make a family tree of the Damadrid and Elaine's family tree as well I'll put that on my homework list yeah we told you to make less notes but I actually just make more notes about the family trees thank okay. you <laughs> got it so then Elida runs into Min or sees Min and we kind of see Elida outside. Well, the and then we find study. out that she has like the force. Yeah, she can foretell. So, which foretell. We, which we seen in the first book because she foretold. Yeah, Rand being like a beacon for trouble. When he was in Camelon. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's is true. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah she, she was right. So it works. A lot of stuff happens to that boy. <laughs> so Elida thinks the Amaralyn is going to destroy the tower and wants to stop her in some way. She is getting bad vibes from the Amaralyn. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like this. And 
her her very first foretelling is the one that she kind of thinks about here is that the royal line of andor would be the key to defeating the dark one in the last battle so she's like sacrificed her like she thinks she could have been the amaralyn and stuff but she made that sacrifice to get close to the royal family it's funny because like so she's again communication <laughs> if we could just communicate this would be so much easier so she's angry at swan for doing things that she thinks is endangering the last battle and she herself literally did a specific thing to help the last battle which suan is also doing and if we could just chat a little bit just have no, some chatting women don't we trust could each be other, friends so and it would be fine <laughs> women aren't allowed to be friends i don't know if you know this but they're just not <laughs> no or they slap each other if they are <laughs> obviously come like on did deserve that one if they're if they're gonna be friends they're gonna have to kiss the same man and we're girls let's wait for that to come <laughs> up no comment <laughs> all right and then we get into the like prologue type stuff because we've got white cloaks and or death arriving in the two rivers and it's already not good vibes at wow, all wow shocking if only somebody had guessed that the two rivers was going to be attacked and if only someone had seen dreams that could have warned everyone about their attack what what i I mean it's never happened Pat and fane told rand that he was going to go and attack the two rivers and kill the people he loved if he didn't meet him at toman head just and just is that your way just, of saying just, that Pat just, and fane just, is or death just oh yeah well i said that the last prologue <laughs> everyone in this book could just talk to each other like this book would not be 14 book series and i would be a lot happier at this moment <laughs> I so first off, we have Min not telling Rand that Lanfear yeah. is Celine, which she knows, and she tells no one about this. So that just absolutely screws everything over. And she could have saved a lot of people, a lot of things. If she had just been like, hey, while I was cuddling my boy, uh while you were asleep and I was cuddling you. <laughs> yeah. Some girl came up, she said her name was Celine, but also Lanfear. Maybe watch out for her. Maybe watch out for her. And he would have been like, I know a Celine. That's weird. Of course, could never. Could never. <laughs> no, because that would involve talking to the man that she's desperately in love with. No, of I just meant Rand him. would be like, uh, Celine was far too pretty to be up here. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that too. We also have just like Egwene and Rand both getting like vicious hints that the Two Rivers is going to be under attack and Perrin too. And just refuses, just refuses to even acknowledge like they could have talked to each other. No. That's impossible. Because it just means they're homesick. These people who yeah, have that's powerful all. dreams obviously that mean things. They're just homesick when they watch like obviously. people but they Matt's grew up with stupid. Being Matt's stupid and we should never trust anything he said because he's so silly. And also women are so silly. So <laughs> it's fine. Everybody's just silly guys. So silly. They're fools. They're fools. <laughs> Maybe I should stop liking these lines. I'm just encouraging them. <laughs> the white cloak that we're following is Baby Bornhold, so Dane, the original Bornhold's son, and child buyer who just like transferred his loyalty from dad to son. And even though I feel like he didn't like the dad very much, he didn't really have emotions, but I don't care enough about yeah. the White Cloaks to even pay attention to <laughs> who is who. <laughs> Byer is a sociopath and doesn't feel things. 
he's just yeah loyal all he cares about is destroying Perrin that's his yeah goal. that's pretty much the only thing that has gotten him to do anything but I guess they had like come across a clan of tinkers killed all their dogs and are now like holding them horrible captive. what do they have against dogs like they killed the wolves they killed them. I just again this is why I don't want anything to do with the white cloaks because Robert Jordan <laughs> wanted us to know that they are evil and so they, they kill dogs the animals. <laughs> and there was no women on hand to assault so we had to just go for the dogs Ordeth has no <laughs> such qualms no he doesn't <laughs> no he tortured a few of them and then let them escape let them go he well he like took them out into the forest to torture privately and then just like told them to find their own <laughs> oh <way> back. <laughs> at least they got their privacy <laughs> <laughs> He was like, you don't have to submit yourself to like being tortured in front of everyone. <laughs> just, just the trees. <laughs> and then I guess they just took off, which I mean, yeah, why would I go back? What do you mean? And then, yeah, Ordeth reminds us that he did promise Rand that he would do this. So again, point for Ordeth being Pad and Fane there, I suppose. I, I think it's so clear that he's Pad and Fane like from the last prologue in the third it's yeah. very clear. Okay, that wasn't clear to anyone. <laughs> this couldn't be anybody else. It's very clear, Tay, but obviously we have to not say it because if we said it, then we would we would we would absolutely take out like at least a hundred pages of us trying to hide the fact that he's Pat and Fane. And we can't have a shorter book. <laughs> because right, then the sorry. misogyny would be closer together. <laughs> and it would be even more unbearable. <laughs> Can you guys tell him I'm having a great time? Yeah, Marissa's <laughs> really struggling. <laughs> Not enjoying. <laughs> we'll get more into it. We don't have to discuss it right now. Are we done with the white cloaks? Yes, so please. We move on be, be done the... with the white cloaks. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> I believe the Sean Chen. Yes. Yeah. And Hi, lo- Hi Lady Seraph. All of this is fine. And I know Taylor's going to talk about it more about what's going on in the scene but we have our first reference to the court of the nine moons which dun, dun, dun. the princess or the queen of the nine moons is going to come back up later i can't remember the daughter i don't remember i can i could daughter, the daughter, daughter of the nine moons is going to come up later and the only reason it stuck in my head was because i was it just sounded like it was the court of thorn and roses <laughs> it was just it was just like the night queen <laughs> The Night Queen, the Court of the Nine Moons. I was like, this is straight out of Sarah J. Moss. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't read the Sarah J. Moss the first time I read this, so can't relate, but I do relate. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Seraph is leading like a hefty chunk of the Sean Chan uh, after rallying them, uh, after Turok debacle of losing to a boy who was just carrying a Heronmark sword and had swung it like three times. <laughs> so <laughs> she's in control now. There is a woman named Alwyn, who she's not a fan of, but is mentioned. So she's coming back, whoever this lady is. Yeah. So I, I don't think we get like a specific mention of the daughter of the nine, the daughter of the court of the nine moons, whatever. <laughs> that that lady. Do we? What do you mean? Like, like uh, maybe I'll say, ask like, this Tay, is the daughter you, of the nine moons. You have a lot of facial expressions going on. Um, <laughs> Tay, like, we don't get confirmation, like, that we've seen this person. No, it just says there would be no need to return to the Court of the Nine Moons and apologize to the Empress for a failure, not even hers, because she's taken over all the people. Like, she doesn't have to. She's got it under control right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it doesn't say, oh, here is the daughter. Here is the daughter. This is never going to come back up again. Don't pay attention. (laughs) But I think we can draw a link between the daughter of the nine moons and the Sean Chen 
empress to be like yes like there's yeah i mean i'm getting uh, i'm getting ahead of myself but we do later get matt being seen wrestling a sean and i'm gonna mention it again (laughs) Hmm. wrestling hmm wrestling (laughs) oh is that a uh euphemism um what it's a vision taking it as a euphemism later on <laughs> oh, that the queen. Um, she, I think it's a dream. She dream has, it? yeah, okay, yeah. And he has an invisible collar around his neck and like leash, right? That she's holding. But they are wrestling, which I thought was really funny. I, they might actually be wrestling, but I was like, this just seems like this just seems like cuddling or tickling. Or <laughs> they're wrestling. I mean, Matt does a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a player. <laughs> Only if you're plump. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Don't worry. Don't worry. I have notes. Don't worry. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, yeah. Saroth is doing things. That's all. She interrogates. Uh, is doing things. <laughs> and she has. <laughs> she interrogates Pura. Pura, who used to be an Aes Sedai, but is now a Damani. And she's got. Which is very. She's got a secret that she's keeping that only four people know. That And the Empress is not one of them. And that's when like. Dun, dun, dun. Alwyn is mentioned. Like Alwyn knows too much. And she's like, oh, funny if the Empress heard that. And she wants to know how to control rand but whether or not she'll actually give rand to the empress or use him herself read and find out that is correct and then we sort of i can't remember if this is chapter two or still chapter one but this the little like the scenes with each of the boys when they go through their this like is chapter two. their little um i don't know their fights kind of <laughs> reminded fight. me of like it could have been a prologue-esque vibe too and Fail. so yeah we start off with Perrin and Fail. Fail wants Perrin to get out of town she is ready to go and then they're kind of arguing and oh Taylor wrote it, it's a cock that crows which I don't know if Perrin recognizes the noise as like it's supposed to mean death or if that's Matt well, that thinks it. it. Fail. No, Matt thinks it and Fail says that her, her someone her nurse. used to say that her, her nurse, nurse or something yeah. like that. We have a great line from Perrin which is it was easy to hurt people without meaning to when you're hasty. Perrin is just hopefully, taking words from oil. Fo- hopefully <laughs> hopefully he doesn't do something hasty later to hurt someone that he likes. Mm. Hopefully because he's smart enough to know better, right? Because he just said it. And because he just said the it. exact same thing happened to him two books ago, and he was all butthurt about mm-hmm. it, but digress. It's fine. <laughs> and he's also, like, very assertive in the fact that he's like, I, I can't escape this. Like, mm-hmm. I know I have to do... St- there's something I have to do and I can't run away from it. Which I was like, oh my gosh, good for you, Perrin. Just, like, owning up to it. And then he's still, like, kind of cursing up Maureen. So he hasn't grown that much. Yeah. He's thinking about growing, but not quite. Yeah. Also, she was like, somebody's going, like a death is coming. Foreshadowing for the next second. it literally, his axe just attacks him. (laughs) Just comes to life. So the axe, also at some point in the scene, I can't remember exactly where it is, and I didn't go back to look, but there's a line about Perrin, like, loosing muscles he didn't realize were tensed. And I was like, it's Jordan's version of letting go of a breath you didn't realize you you were holding. Yeah. And it made me laugh, but I was listening to the audiobook, so I didn't check where it actually was. Yeah, so Perrin's axe like shifts on the door, and then all of a sudden it just goes for him. And well, it's going it's... for him, and then it's like very clearly going for Fail. Yeah. Like it knows that he cares about that it can attack her, and he'll yeah he'll stop pushing it away. And then and then so he, in all his wisdom, just fights Fail and shoves her out of the room. He's like, get out of here. He's like, get out of here, and. 
actually, I actually think his thing is like, I can't tell, I can't remember if afterwards he mentions it, but he's like, I couldn't fight the axe with you in the room. Yeah. Like, so, so I had to get no, you out. Yeah. <laughs> or no, something like it's, that. It's almost valid, but also not. So Fail, to my understanding, maybe I'm just like giving Jordan's female characters more credit than they deserve because obviously they're all helpless because they're women. But like, I understood it as Fail is like trained to fight. Like she knows her way around fighting enough to mm. like defend herself. I think even sure. Rourke mentions later that like she's pretty good. Yeah. She knows like, what she's she doing. knows what she's doing. And then so we have all this great characterization for Fail being like strong and, you know, not defenseless. And then we have Perrin said, because she comes back in the room and she's, she's like, pissed. You had no right. And he said, she's I like, are you okay? And then she punched him in the face. <laughs> yeah. She, well, she slaps him because women don't punch. Right, right. She punches. Women don't slap. punch. They slap. It was a full armed slap. It was a full arm slap. Anyway, and then he says, I had every right. You could not have helped. <laughs> if you had stayed, we'd both be dead. I couldn't have fought, not the way I had to. And kept you safe, too. I know you hate the word. I'll try not to treat you like porcelain. But if you ask me to watch you die, I will tie you like a lamb for a market and send you off to Mistress Luthan. She won't stand for any nonsense. This was almost okay in the sense that like you could tell he just has anxiety about the fact that she might have gotten hurt Mm -hmm. but also the like like i didn't my i liked the line i'll try my best not to treat you like porcelain but if you ask me to watch you die Mm -hmm. like i'm not having any of that i was like that's sweet but the the bit about like i had every right you couldn't have done anything and like he basically calls her useless and then he's like i'm gonna try to treat you like you're not useless but also you are so i don't know what i'm supposed to do here (laughs) And it just, it really, it was, it really read as we're supposed to think of Perrin as the sweet guy in that moment because he's trying to not treat her like she's a delicate flower, even though she totally is. And he's totally right to treat her like a delicate flower. Like, that's what I heard in that scene. Yeah, it was, it was so close. And then we switch over. Oh, right. And Perrin, yeah, he's growing a beard. Oh, sorry. sorry. They are very cute together and I like them together. So obviously Jordan's not going to do anything that's going to make me mad at them. Right, 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 right. Right? I won't even look at you. <laughs> that is gambling. Okay. And do you want to know where my orange flag came back in? So we just had one and we have another one where or Matt is gap sorry, I'm totally I'm interrupting you, but I'm I'm gonna go for it. He's gambling and he's talking about how nobody could you know, everyone in this castle just gambles all the time and they love gambling and they can't be drawn away from it. And he literally says only women or horses could draw them away, but neither for long, <laughs> which is not the first time in this, which is sorry, it is the first time. It's not the only time in the section we're about to compare women and horses. Love that. Love that. I love it when you compare a human being to an animal that you train and break <laughs> and oh ride oh god cool that's like so awesome <laughs> i love i love it i love it uh this whole scene actually i feel like this could have been well first of all there's a lot of misogyny in this scene and like matt's annoyed at the lords for talking in certain ways but then like doesn't do anything about it and i'm like a we could have just not had the lords talking about like the fisherman's daughter <laughs> that the guy want like he's old it, it, yeah yuck but matt also could a do something he could stop describing them as plump i hate that word so much plump i hate it there's so many it's like moist i just i can't it's exactly like i hate it (laughs) 
it's just uh, it's not a good look for Matt. It's not a good look for the scene. It's just not. We also talk about this the big locker room talk having docked in, which I'm sure Taylor is like actually wants to talk about in terms of like plot. But I want to talk about in terms of how the women are exotic sea folk beauties with their rings and baubles and swaying locks. So not only is that misogynistic, that is exoticizing, mm-hmm. which is a like that's racial. That like that is racism as well just just in case the scene wasn't like hard enough to read through he was like what if i also just draw on the fact that like of this like very misogynistic racist idea that exotic women are just so sensual and sexual and only here for our pleasure so that was fun Mm-hmm. just love that he felt like the need to like make that i can't even joke about it like what what joke do you want me to make here that makes this sound okay like i just how is that okay to anyone it's not okay that's the thing it's not <laughs> that's, the, that's that's the answer that's the, yeah that's it and yeah i was actually really annoyed that he was having matt sit there and be like oh these men's are men are so gross to women also that waitress is really plump like i was like you're not better and it's just making me hate you more mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. he even had a line just like thinking about the holes in his memory which he's been concerned about he can't remember things since the dagger and he makes a comment about the perfumed tabac smelled like the fire in a lady's dressing chamber not that he'd ever been in a lady's dressing chamber he an illness that nearly killed him had left his memory full of holes as the best lace yet he was sure he would have remembered that not even the dark one would be mean enough to make him forget that <laughs> like why that's so unnecessary like, okay i think i started reading about the perfumed bed chambers and i literally noped out of that paragraph and <laughs> just like blacked out the rest of it <laughs> i think that's what happened because i not don't remember me. that line. <laughs> i was like i'm done here i need to move on jordan needs to move on and he's not going to do an it fast enough for me which is like i really realized how much i've probably done that with other books here where i've probably just been like i'm just gonna ignore that (laughs) and skimmed until it stopped and then kept reading because it's pretty prevalent Mm -hmm. anyway so that was that was a bummer this is why i didn't have a good time (laughs) yeah not not fun it sucks to like fantasy books and stuff and want to read about this quite interesting world and this story that has a lot of potential and then just be bombarded with misogyny and you know hate for women and sexualizing them for existing walking (laughs) walking and it's like literally doing anything like i'm reading a fantasy book to you know escape a little bit and then just like getting smacked in the face with men hate women (laughs) like okay okay so i was gonna talk about this more later when we had kind of gone through like a couple more of my orange flags so (laughs) but i had a thought of like comparing it to the witcher Mm -hmm. which again like the witcher was such a weird series for me to read because i wanted to like it so much because i loved the video game Mm -hmm. i also really did like the world and the plot like it was a really cool series but it was a really cool series that just like very suddenly and aggressively (laughs) was misogynistic and sexist for kind of i'm gonna say like reasons that could have been not misogyny and sexism so andre Sapkowski uses in the Witcher series uses violence against women, misogyny, and sexism to showcase how terrible the world is. Very similar to uh, like Game of Thrones. Very, 
that kind of S, but like almost extra because yeah. everyone in The Witcher is having a bad time. Like they might have a good time for a little bit, but mostly the everything world sucks. sucks. We get it. <laughs> and so you have this world building based off of violence against women but also other things like yeah. there's definitely famine there's you know poverty death even the rich people aren't having fun because yeah. they're just it's all sorts of politics and it's they're just getting murdered and poisoned and assassinated and like it's just not a good time and so i had this thought where i was like this is why i stopped reading the witcher and i might finish the series but i might not but i haven't finished it yet because i just i was so sick of the misogyny mm -hmm. but at least in the witcher it was very clear that it was supposed to be bad mm. i didn't like how he was doing it and that's not an excuse but it was definitely very this person like this is why the world is so bad like look at how these women are being treated like the world sucks like this place sucks like it sucks for everyone kind of thing and i didn't like how he was doing it but it was being done for that point this is just misogyny this yeah. is just i couldn't think of a fantasy world without misogyny i couldn't imagine a world where women don't get pinched on their butts and aren't like aggressively sexual and they get along and you know i just couldn't imagine a world like that and it made it feel more depressing to me mm. because it wasn't showing up in places where like the world sucked it was just like matt being like i just want to go cuddle that girl with the huge boobs <laughs> like i <laughs> Yeah. But also everyone else sucks because they're talking about women in a misogynistic way. And I'm An better than one. that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a little bit sometimes this is not the right term for it, but like almost unintentional misogyny in the sense that he was just, oh, like this is like how men think. <laughs> it's just like, OK, but why do we need to have it in the book? It's Or like, oh, you know, women just like fight. Like, that's just like kind of the way it is. Like, oh, silly. <laughs> So I'm making the world realistic. I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, sometimes I just think it's like unintentional, which almost makes it worse in the sense that it's- He's you... using it to show us that characters are good. Yeah. It's supposed and to be I kind of just like, like a funny thing and it's not. Yeah. yeah. Matt is super funny because he just keeps checking out all these girls. Yeah. Matt is super funny because he wants to kiss his friends. <laughs> Matt is super funny because when he I sees... don't know why the kissing of the friends is in, like, it's just like so un- Unreal. Well, I know why it's in there because he's literally too. thinking like, of course, a guy would want to kiss his friends if they were a girl. Yeah. And just as a woman, like I, I feel very, it's not even angry, just tired. I'm just, mm, yeah. I'm so tired of this idea that if I want to talk to a man, I have to expect that his internal monologue is degrading me that's what i'm getting from this book and this is not making me like a happy person <laughs> that, not having a good time not having a great time so i almost honestly like as much as i hated the world building in the witcher being violence against women because that sucks at least he wasn't saying that this was like normal yeah he was like this is an aspect of he the using it world and that have. sucked and i'm not excusing it it's not any better but it's also it was almost easier to like push myself through because he was trying to say something about that world that i didn't think he needed to use that much sexism for mm -hmm. but jordan's like this is how all men think yeah so it's just real he's like cool i don't want to leave my house ever again <laughs> love that <laughs> well said thank you <laughs>
Snaps. So we do have Matt getting attacked, actually, by these cards. And I find it interesting how these three sort of scenarios pop up for them. Like the axe thing for Perrin is clearly like doesn't like the axe. He doesn't like that he has to Well, it's all their vices. Yeah. And then like Rand's is like himself. Yeah, his vice. He doesn't like that he had come. And then, yeah, I guess Matt's is (laughs) the gambling. Which is his vice. But also... It's it's the the Amarlin seat on the card that like attacks him first, which is another like thing that he is trying to get away from and scared yeah, of. All the women who are trying to tie him down. <laughs> Naturally. Mm-hmm. Of course. They want him to marry I'm, off. Like I can't turn around in this book without being like, oh and there sexism. it is. There it is. <laughs> Misogyny. Even He's coming back. Even the card that has the amulet seat on it it's the ruler of the flames and so like the flames is the suit which is the suit of the least value like he had to put that in there <laughs> yeah that the flames yeah. had the least value so Obvi- it's a card he didn't have to put that what yeah but he didn't have to put that in there Tay, we should have just known. I, um, we should yeah. have known as soon as it had the Amerlin seed on it. We should have been like, obviously, that's the least valuable suit. Naturally. Obviously. Yeah, that whole scene, not, well, I mean, the whole, the whole section, but that scene specifically for me, I was like, there's a lot happening here that I just don't even need at all. Like, there was so many other ways we could have written this. Well, and let's talk about Rand then. Yeah. Do you want to go into Rand? Because oh, I have a lot of orange tabs. <laughs> just so many orange tabs. Yeah. So Rand is having a little a little dream. He's having a wet dream. I'm not gonna hit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna use my 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 inside voice. <laughs> inside voice here. I'm not going to use Jordan's little euphemisms for what he's actually having. He's like, oh my god, he's having a dirty dream about Elaine and Min. Yeah, going and swimming. Go, going Skinny swimming, dipping. and he's gonna go swimming with them. And I just, I'm but he's just, uncomfy about I, it. <laughs> He's not that that uncomfy. (laughs) So Elaine says, you know, they're trying to convince him to go swimming. And he goes, the water looks inviting, Rand. No one will bother us here. I don't know. He began slowly. Min cut him off by twining her fingers behind his neck and pulling himself herself up to tiptoe on tiptoe to kiss him. He's really tall, remember? Yeah. (laughs) She repeated Elaine's words in a soft murmur. No one will bother us here. She stepped back and doffed her coat and attacked attacked the laces of her shirt, which just <laughs> that was a great image for me. Just, I just I was like, she's gotta get him off. <laughs> she's so dedicated to being naked right now that it's literally she's attacking her clothes. Rand stared the more so when he realized Elaine's gown was lying on the mossy ground. The daughter heir was bending, <laughs> arms crossed, gathering up the hem of her shift. What are you doing? He demanded in a strangled voice. Getting ready to go swimming with you, Mid replied. Elaine flashed him a smile and hoisted the shift over her head. He turned his back hastily, though half wanting not to, and found himself staring at Egwene, her big, dark eyes looking back at him sadly. Without a word, she turned and vanished into the trees. Wait, he shouted after her. I can explain. (laughs) So he has a dirty dream about Elaine and Min making out with him and stripping for him so that they can all take a bath in the the water. In the water. A little swim, a little nude swim in the water. And Wayne's like horrified just watching him because he feels guilt about the fact that we can uh, read this dream pretty easily, right? (laughs) The inside is clear. (laughs) He's feeling guilty that he doesn't love a He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know whether to go back to Min and Elaine or like follow Egwene as she's running away. Yeah. And then he just he's just like, oh, that was foolish. And then he's just thinking about it. And then he's he's sitting there and he's looking at 
you know, he wakes up in his room and he's like looking around his room so that we know what his room looks like because obviously something's going to happen there. So we have to have the details. And then... Then Barrelaine comes in. Well, so, yes, you know, he he like senses that somebody's coming in. And then one beautiful young woman stood hesitant and surprised in the middle of the carpet, black hair falling in shining waves to her shoulders. Her thin white silk robe emphasized more than it hid. Barrelane, ruler of the city-state. I'm sorry. So we have, again, and this is where it gets also just a little weird to me because it's definitely like a power thing. So both times that he has a powerful woman essentially coming to seduce him, Mm -hmm. once in his dream and once in reality, the after describing her strictly based off of her appearance, he points out her like role, like how much power she has, the daughter heir, we have to point that out, and the ruler, this ruler. Yeah, she's the first of man. And he has to point that out. Like, yes, they're these strong women and they have so much power, but... But they also have urges. Oh, but also they have <laughs> urges to just take off all of Rand's clothes I just have, like, so him. many thoughts about Berylaine. And Berylaine irritates me in the sense that, like, she could be a really cool character, but, like, her whole, like, drive is, oh, to secure her small nation must Again. seduce... Again, we can imagine a world where everything is dictated based on something called the pattern and there's a wheel that turns and we have Aes Sedai who, you know, connect themselves with this force of magic and there's male channelers who connect themselves with this other force of magic, but it's different and it's tainted and there's a dark one and then there's all these forsaken and there's Trollocs and all this amazing stuff, but... Also, women obviously need a strong man if they're going to rule anything because that's how the world works. Yep. It's like you couldn't imagine. He even makes Morghese Mm -hmm. like in love with this man. Like he literally takes every strong ruler and is like, how can I demean her? How can I make her power feel less powerful? We're just going to we're just going to lighten it a little bit. I would say that one specifically is suspicious. As we know, yes, but there's also <laughs> so many ways that she could have been being used, and he chose romance. Mm, yeah, that's true. Anyway, so then we have Berlin. Berlin comes in, and then she's whatever. like, "You can search me if you want." And this whole thing is just her trying to seduce him. Yeah, she's part of what annoys me about this. And Jordan is like Berlin. Like I don't, I don't trust her. I'm not saying that she is to be trusted, but the way he's making her seem evil is by slut shaming her because she's a sexual <laughs> yeah. being. Yeah, like bad news. Girl is like not also good. so we. N- we knew, or at least I knew she was bad news because she had the hawk. Yeah, it was because of her little coronet thing. I was like, oh, can't trust her, hawk. And the fact that she was trying to tie Perrin down, which again, we're going to find out in how she's about to do that. But she she wasn't somebody I trusted already. And then you made her over-sexualized and using that sexuality. Like, it was just so unnecessary. Like, I already wasn't trusting her. Mm-hmm. So you could have just it's made also it like normal. Lanfear. Like carbon cop, like you said, yeah, it is yeah. Re- reminiscent, but it's just like, but well, it's Lanfear, but not carbon because, like, she Lanfear wants to love Rand and Beryllin just wants to wrestle with him, <laughs> maybe tickle. A you little. love wrestling, <laughs> maybe a little cuddle, <laughs> cuddles for sure. tickles, <laughs> maybe not. So then we have the the crowing again, and for Rand, these like reflections of him step out of all of the mirrors in the room, and he has to like fight them. And <laughs> I, the little mirrors make little versions of him, and I'm just like, 
imagine just fighting like like a two foot tall <laughs> version of yourself. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's Rand's situation. And also, he just to kill them all, which freaks Baralene out. She gets stressed. Yeah, but he ties her to the wall with air. Yes, he does. Which just, again, felt like unnecessary because she's like very disheveled at this point. She's taken off her robe. Like she's like basically naked and then Jordan was like what if I tie her up too <laughs> and I was like I just like none of this was necessary at all yeah we could have just had Rand by himself but no you had to add Berylaine because didn't want us to like any women in this novel so that's fine and then we find out later that these are called <laughs> they're called bubbles of evil basically and I don't know why we had to put bubbles and evil in the same <laughs> but bubbles of evil I feel like there could have been a better name for that <laughs> anyways Rand manages to like fight off all the like copies of himself and it freaks Baraline out. I can't remember if she's like, okay, why'd you do that? Or if she's just like scared about the situation and she's like, okay, bye. I'm going to get out of here. Like that's, I'm, I'm sorry for doing this and runs off. And then, I mean, like Rand is like beat up. Like he is bloody. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically dying. And then he's like, he's got like cuts all over he him. Was, like he he's was facing stabbed. three she, other full size Rands with swords like he he's not well barrelane's like hey i can go get like moraine so you can be healed and he's like now nah, i'm just gonna lie on the bed and bleed out so yeah so she runs off and then we flip to perrin i believe but perrin is like going to basically confront Rand because he's like why would you do that to me well, Fael's there too yeah, but Fahil... she's quickly discarded because she has too much agency and yeah. so well, Fahil's Jordan with, didn't know how to write her with Perrin and then they like run into Berylaine in the hallway because and Berylaine's then he, she's like I'm gonna leave because you guys are gonna talk about how he screwed yeah. this girl and it's like oh like I can't remember what her exact line is but the way she said it and per- Perrin is like an idiot and he's like doesn't understand because no, he's trying so to like she... be nice to Fael but then like Berylaine comes up and he's like nice to Berylaine and then Fahil's like okay I see yeah, what just so went I, on I yeah have, have a good time yeah, she's like so... mm, I don't care how she smelled because he's like she smelled weird because <laughs> she's like excuse me how dare you she's like yes yeah that's it she smelled but Fahil says filling your eye because mm-hmm. he's like looking at her and he's very like something bad happened so again we're supposed to like jump to the conclusion that Fahil's being just like a jealous catty woman because that's how a woman would react to seeing another woman in terror like clothes falling off running yeah, away yeah obviously I wouldn't like also if I saw this woman running out of Rand's room looking like she'd just been assaulted yeah like I would not have jumped to like, like she's clearly <laughs> how dare you look at her like I would have been like did like ran do something to her like what happened did he lose control of his magic did he do something worse like did he do something intentionally like what mm-hmm. happened here she's clearly like she's like running away from the room yeah and you chose in that moment to make Fayil like jealous cool also just foreshadowing like i know they're gonna be a catty little face off between them and i'm not excited about it and she says i don't care if she smelled of the essence of dawn that one is not interesting and Interested in hunting a bear, however fine his hide would look stretched on the wall, she hunts the sun. And the parent's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's <laughs> like, I don't understand. I am man. And then she's like, I'm going to go to compute. bed. And then this one parent. And she's like, I'm not ex- eager to meet Ran, not after 
after avoiding it until now, and now I am especially not eager. No doubt the two of you will have a fine talk without me, especially if there's wine. So she's like, go talk about his conquest. Yeah. What woman ever would be like, have fun. Have fun. (laughs) See ya back in our room. (laughs) Another little tidbit here like they had also run into one a lord lord torian and he was like lurking outside ran's room and then kind of walked away when perrin commented on it but he like grabs berlaine and like pulls her to the side further down the hall like as she's running away so that felt suspicious a little there like like maybe even a woman couldn't have decided to Go to a man's room without being sent there by another man. What a novel. Women agency? Never heard of that. (laughs) So Perrin finds Rand bleeding out, and that's when he calls for Moraine. And then this is where we kind of get the term bubbles of evil because Moraine comes in and like explains what it is. So basically seems like the Taviranness of them. And particularly Rand, like, pulls evil things through the pattern. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. I can't remember. Tay, you're up. <laughs> Taviran attract the bubbles more powerfully than regular folk. Because things are getting so out of whack, it seems. Also, much, yeah. basically, because the Dark One is, like, going to be loose of his prison. And then, so, she's like, everyone's going to start having this happening to them. Where there's just like evil things that they can't really explain and like also like horrifying things. But you guys are going to have that like tenfold. So have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky you. Ruark is there and they chat a little bit about the Aiel prophecies of the dragon that say only that the stone must fall before he who comes with the dawn appears to take us back to what was ours. They may be one man, but I doubt even the wise ones could say for sure. If Rand is the one, there are things he must yet do to prove it. So there's a chance that even though Rand's the dragon, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the one who comes with the dawn, who is who the Aiel have been searching for. And I, I think it's Matt. And right. I, I can't fully back that up. <laughs> it's just your thought, your, your vibe. <laughs> but yeah, I think. But it's also like bad news bearer if it's not Rand, because it sounds like they'll kill him. Yeah, it doesn't look promising. <laughs> They're like, well, what will parents like, what will you do if he's not? And then they're like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't you worry about that, Perrin. (laughs) I I do think it's Rand. And this is just Jordan being like, well, it's not for sure yet. Yeah, that's very. I mean, we've seen. I hope it's not. I hope it's Matt, but I'm I'm not giving him credit for being tricky anymore. That's <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. That's fair. She also. So we also have that Rand has been reading right a lot about the prophecy and Moraine's like hey stop because you don't understand what you're reading and she says you read too much and understand too little which I just thought was a good line so and it didn't revolve around her being like a silly little girl so it was great <laughs> I loved that <laughs> well that's one point for women Yay. yeah so Rand's like whole so he's I will say I do think Rand grows in this book in the sense that he's now fully like, okay, I'm the dragon, so I'm just going to do what I think I need to do. Yeah, and he's I'm going to like, my friend's bottom. <laughs> that. I'm not going to like hide from it anymore, yeah. I guess, which is nice. But he's also like, I will also overthink whether somebody is trying to get me to go down that path and then I won't go down that path and also I don't know what path I want to go down so maybe if I just like wake up one morning and just do what like the last thing I think I should do then that'll be the right thing because nobody will think that I'm going to do that thing because that thing is stupid but it'll be the right thing because it's a stupid thing and it's the unexpected thing yes that's he just he just (laughs) wants to do what no one expects yeah that's 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 like his one criteria (laughs) 
Okay. But his whole thing is that he's decided, okay, if I'm the dragon, then I have to make sure these prophecies come true, basically. So he's reading about them, trying to like figure out what he thinks he needs to do. It just seems pointless. So it just seems pointless because once again, we have the pattern will like just guide him in the right direction. Just just walk, man. I would just start walking. <laughs> just apparently the pattern is just going to pull you where you need to go. I mean, similar to Matt's power, like he's just got to do random things. And yeah, I just, right I just, I don't really understand what the problem is here. Like he's, he's sitting there. He's like, oh, I got to plan out all this stuff. I don't think you do. I think you just got to walk and just then for it. you're going to be like, wow, I keep walking and I keep turning right, even though I mean to be going straight. That's crazy. I'm going to just follow that path. And then he's going to like end up where he needs to be. You've cracked the code. But also it makes me very frustrated because I don't know why anyone's panicking. Like, I don't know why Maureen is panicking. She's like, oh my God, I have to keep him safe. I'm like, do you? Because I thought the pattern was just going to do as the pattern did. So if he's going to die, the pattern's going to kill him. And if he's not going to die, then the pattern's not going to kill him. I think the... I just feel like we've gone a little too hard on the pattern and you've ridden he's ridden himself into like almost a hole about it but he's pretending it's not there i think her concern is that the dark one is not a part of the pattern and so rand might be following through with these things but like that doesn't necessarily mean he can't get killed in the wrong situation by you know the evil that is there but if the pattern is always going to be fixed to the point that the pattern needs to be fixed to then wouldn't they just send something else well if i mean that would probably be eventually but the dark one being outside the pattern means eventually like if it killed the thing that was supposed to but i thought he was still in the pattern no the dark one is like outside of it how does that even work though because the pattern is life because that's the way that it is Okay. Right? Is that not what Varen explains to Egwene like way back in book three when she's saying like the Dark One and the Creator? I like how you said way back in book three. Like that way wasn't back, the yeah, previous literally. book we read. <laughs> not that long ago. In book three, Varen describes or explains to Egwene. Like when she's talking about Teleronmiad. That there in every world, there are three constants. One is Teleranriod, one's the creator, and one's the dark one. So there is a dark one in, like, he is in every world. And, like, one thing she explained that it was, like, a paradox that if he's released in any world, he's free in every world. But if he's trapped in any world, then he's trapped. And Egwene's like, that literally makes no sense. And Varen's like, yeah, uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> well, maybe I'm confused then. Now I have to do more research on this because it just feels like Jordan overcommitted to the pattern thing. And now we're trying to like retcon it a little bit. So it's not predetermined, but she literally isn't scared about where he's going at the start of the second book or at the end of the first book because she's like, oh, like the pattern will spit him out where he needs to be. And now she's like, now, now the pattern won't. So I don't understand what changed. Like, that's my thing. And nobody's going to explain it to me because if we explain it, then we might realize that Jordan didn't know. Sorry, I'm being really harsh this session, but like I am angry. I am angry. It does say when Balsamon was talking to Rand and like trying to convince him to like go to the dark side that like if he if he dies like he's not resurrecting as someone else yeah again like like but this I, is the end if Rand dies there's no more dragon but and then why the dark one uh because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah I just again so 
I and I guess that there's what- reasons why this is happening and all that stuff. I just feel like the pattern, the way that Jordan has set up the pattern was a mistake. And now he's trying to like be like, oh, well, this is different because because, because right because it has it to be different because otherwise nothing is at stake right because if if Rand's just gonna go where he needs to go then like why are we reading the story like you know what i mean like why well not why are we reading the story because you could still make that an interesting story i think but why is everyone so concerned about his well-being everyone has to be concerned about his well-being because this is like the last rand potentially yeah the last lose therein but also for why we don't know my assumption here is basically that like how i look at it at least is the dark one can basically f with the pattern and so like if he follows a whim that way then that like unravels more than should be unraveling like i think the the dark one and the creator are balancing back and forth good and evil kind of deal although they said that the creator was not like good or evil no they said the pattern was not the good pattern or evil. is not good or so, evil which made me believe that everything is a part of the pattern including the dark one and the creator's will so if they're both pulling at it yeah this is one of those things that if i think about too much i just i get even more lost and confused it's like when you think about the world too much like how small the world is and then you're just like it just like stops making sense ah! completely <laughs> yeah but i can look this up more <laughs> like, i want an answer no yeah. i just i just i feel i feel as though he gave the pattern too much power at the end of the first book and i'm willing to admit that that was probably just a mistake by jordan and he shouldn't have had moraine be so chill about where Rand was going next because he would just follow the pattern i feel like moraine could have been chill about it because there wasn't an immediate threat and that should have been the focus instead of her like being like oh it's not a big deal because he'll just get pulled in the right direction because if that's true then why is she panicking now you know what i mean like the difference is and i know he's like getting more and more free so like that could also be the reason, I guess. But it just it just feels like a little bit of a mistake. I think part of why Moraine in the at the end of the first book, start of the second, was you know, being loose with whatever Rand wanted to do was kind of a psychological thing too. Like reverse psychology. She was trying to let him feel free so that he would kinda come into the responsibility a little more willing maybe like she knew that she couldn't just like boss him around he would just fight her as these boys do no matter what she says so she had to like loosen his leash and let him yes totally i totally agree with that for why she was acting like that but if i'm remembering correctly we have like her internal monologue at one point and she's like well he's just gonna get pulled like she actually is something i said also (laughs) maybe that's what i'm getting confused about alex Alex misled me. So Alex pulled on my thread in the pattern like the dark one <laughs> and now I'm lost. I'm just reading from the companion book here. So the dark one, the force of evil imprisoned by his antithesis. Is that how you say that word? The creator outside of time and creation, but whose influence reached the world when researchers drilled the boar, whose subsequent followers attempt to release him from his prison. So in the second age or first age, can't remember exactly the timeline of this. The creator gets, or sorry, the dark one gets imprisoned. Then certain people are like, okay, but if we can just like drill into his prison, like dig into it, we can maybe use the power that he has. Obviously a good idea. Then by creating the hole, like the bore they call it, it allows the dark one to reach out and touch the pattern, which screws with things. Then come the Age of Legends, 
at the very end, they're like, okay, we're going to close this bore on the prison. We're going to shut it off. And then the dark one won't be able to touch the pattern anymore. So they make the seals, you know, it's just male Aes Sedai that go out there to try and seal this pattern because yeah. the women are like, mm, I don't know if that's going to work. They do the whole thing that taints Sidene and makes Luz Theron, the final like dragon dude, go mad. And they do seal it. They see they manage to seal it, but that's what taints Sidene starts the breaking of the world. Yeah. Now at this point, the seals are breaking, so his prison is yeah. I think up I think again. I just I just want Moraine to acknowledge to us that that's why she's worried about Rand now is yeah. because the seals it's not are breaking. Explicit. Then we switch up once Moraine you know chats with the boys, and we switch up to Tom, and Tom is doing some spy work. I guess he's like writing well, he's notes, ruining a woman's life. Yeah, that's what he's he doing. Is, he is. And yeah, so Tom's doing that. He's he's playing the game. He's like, ruining a woman's life by playing the game. Yes. Yeah, which Whoa, what's something that he's done before <laughs> we've seen. <laughs> yeah, he's he has a history of playing the game, like way back before even like the timeline of book one. Mm-hmm. So he's got some Yeah, when he was court barred. His goal here, I guess, is to help Rand is what he's trying to do. And Matt shows up to his rooms complaining that he can't leave the city. He just like can't even say the words, I'm going to leave, basically. Yeah, he's um, like, I think about totally, leaving every totally, day. totally Moraine's fault. Yes. And then something always gets him to stay. Tom's like, Doug, like you're Tiberian. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, he says something always comes up. There's so much gold to be had here. And there's a big eyed girl in the kitchen who likes a little kiss and tickle. And one of the maid has hair like silk to her waist and the roundest dot, 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 dot. Oh, wonder what he meant by that. Was it the roundest boobs or the roundest <laughs> bosom booty? <laughs> yes. I assumed booty if if you want an actual. I will I assumed <laughs> boobs because I assumed she was in a dress, yeah. but who knows how far up the dress he got with 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 the tickles. It's unclear. <laughs> how far up her dress he tickled. I'm upset because I was liking Matt and then he's just turned into oh. Oh, um, you this. and me both. You can hear him plummeting down my list. <laughs> you can just hear it. It's just <laughs> Matt <laughs> falling. <laughs> ah. Suddenly, I'm self-conscious of saying that I love Matt. <laughs> You're allowed to have your own opinions, Alex. I have not seen. I saw a Matt worthy of loving in the Glimmer. third one. And this one is very hard to like him in for yeah. me right now. Mm-mm. Matt. Oh, sorry, not Matt. Tom eventually just convinces Older him. Older Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Tom convinces him to play Stones as he's like, oh, don't don't think about it tonight. Like, just, you know, play a game with me and maybe in the morning you'll be able to leave. Well, he can't leave still in the morning, but that's... <laughs> that's, that's a problem for another day. That's, that's a future a, map problem. That's a future map problem. <laughs> <laughs> so Nynaeve and Egwene are discussing, like, the interrogating that they've been doing with the two Black Lodge and... sisters. And Amiko. Yeah. And I mean, they, this they is kind are of we interrogating them. Like, currently. yeah, they're currently like, I think they're talking to Amiko specifically at that point. This is where we find out that Amiko is stilled. And again, it's still kind of unclear to me how that even happened, but she's still. Don't think too hard about it. It was just Nynaeve's punch was just stilling. And Amiko says that there's something in Tenchiko that's dangerous to Rand and Leandrin wants it. Joya, who is the other one that isn't stilled and is like, oh, yes, I have gone over to the light please forgive me. And they're like, well, we don't believe you. 
She says Leandrin plans to capture a false dragon. I think Masram Time is who they're talking about and have him pretend to be Rand and do awful things to turn people against him. I love how one of these plans is like this one place has something. And, and the, the other, other one, one is like, like an super extensive detailed. plan. <laughs> I was just like, they're like, I don't know which one to believe. Which to me, I think means the one that's like a sort of hidden, like she just overheard something is like the truth because the other one has like so many. I mean, I think they're both the truth because we all know that women can't come up with a plan that's tricky. So <laughs> maybe that's true. Although we do. So we do have a nice line. I just want to point this out because I feel like I'm harping on Jordan lots, but sometimes he, he he's. He spits out some good ones. They're talking about how Moraine, they say, Moraine could not lie, but she could make the truth dance a fine jig. And I just really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> she can make the truth dance. Well, when you say it like that, I like it. A bit, be like, <laughs> <laughs> the Moraine pops in after healing Rand and she's with Elaine. I don't know why Elaine is with her, but she is. And Elaine is depressed because Elaine was in the room with Rand, which obviously Elaine means she slept with him. Depressed just because the man that she's in love with got attacked and almost bled out on his bed. I can't she deal with Elaine is, in this scene. She is upset because he may or may not have tickled another girl. So yeah. tickled this also and the girls- upset me because we this is our first Elaine POV and when we met Elaine I was like love this girl like her confidence like strong she's a ruler female vibes. character she's funny she's so cool as soon as we get to hear her internal monologue it's just she's like I'm a fool but I'm in love jealousy <laughs> like self-esteem to the f- floor just only worried about how Rand thinks of her yeah. there's another woman who's could possibly have done anything sexual that's a slut. This is like, <sighs> Lane. Yeah. And these girls are like hardcore. I know Lane is not looking great in the scene, but like, I don't even think Gwen has met her at all. She might have just seen her and she is hardcore judging the book by its cover here. Well, also just... then they're talking serious stuff. There's just like three pages of them being like, oh my God, will you marry? Will you marry? <laughs> like, you Maureen, do anything? you love anyone? Maureen, do, would you marry anyone? She's like, and Maureen's like, yeah, I'll get married. <laughs> she's like, I'll get married. I was like, yeah, that seems like you. Totally. What? Uh, and she's like, but I won't from? marry Lan. Don't worry, Nynaeve. <laughs> okay. This is like, not how women you. talk. <laughs> like don't worry I'm not gonna come take your man yeah Nynaeve was like can we do what we're doing <laughs> we're supposed to be doing right now like yeah. <laughs> so they're sending the two Black Aja sisters to Tarvalon in four days I don't know how they're gonna manage that because one of them has to stay shielded but whatever it doesn't matter because they die anyways <laughs> and Maureen tells them that her plan is she wants Brand to march against Ilion and Samael like quickly so that the Forsaken can't make any moves. And everyone's him. really upset because Maureen wants to start a war yes. as though the Forsaken running like a city isn't like, like a, a bad, bad thing. As if that city isn't currently occupied by one of the worst beings. Yeah. Like Wayne is stressed. Nynaeve is stressed. Elaine is the only one that kind of understands it and is like, actually, it's kind of a good plan what she said. Yeah. Like, because she's had the, the royal training, so she should know to start a war, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it, Elaine is the one that's like, it's not the worst plan. Like, it's kind of makes the most sense, to be completely honest. And I mean, I think it's Elaine. She says war will come whether Rand begins it or not. It's yeah. going to happen. He might as well get the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, that's like the point that I think Maureen was trying to mention, too. And then Maureen tells the girls, she's like... If he doesn't decide to do that, then I'm going to have to do the thing that I don't want to do, which is 
very similar to going into Shadow Loga, which is... So I wonder if she's going to have to do that. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> she tells the girls about the stone Tyrangriel in the basement, basically. And For it used why? to be... For why? Also, just like Moraine is so secretive until it comes to this like super powerful thing that she doesn't want them to mess with and that she just tells them about. <laughs> and it's like, Correct. oh my God, you two rivers folk messed with it when I said don't. You know that they don't listen this is why she keeps secrets from you guys <laughs> yeah Truly. so she tells them about the stone arch tyrangriel and it used to be a like thing that man rulers had but then one crappy man ruler gave it away in exchange for something and now it's in tier anyways you ask three questions to the snake people and you get true answers. You can only enter once, and then questions about the shadow have dire consequences, which I can assume means you die. Or come out mad. Don't go in. (laughs) But don't use it. Do not. Don't use it. No matter what. I shouldn't have even told you about it. Don't use it. Don't use it. And don't tell anybody else about it. Don't tell the boys about it for sure, because I don't know what's going to happen if Tavarian go into it. Side eye. Don't dun, dun, don't dun. say anything don't, to don't say a word. People who have really bad impulse control, like Matt. <laughs> Good old Matt. <laughs> and Rand. <laughs> and then we get just the most awkward situation scene of all time the first time i read this it makes me think of like high school middle school something that you like go up to the boy and you're like by the way this person likes you and you should go date them (laughs) because elaine also very suddenly i feel like egwene is like oh i don't think of ren like yeah anything but a brother i agree and i was like okay she's just decided this we haven't gotten any explanation but she's decided she said back in book three when they were traveling to tarvalon like at the beginning that like she's like come to the conclusion she can't marry rand so like she's like Mm -hmm. she's kind of like upset about it but she's accepted it and she's like like i'm I'm never gonna be able to which which i i was fine with the fact that she came to the conclusion that she can't marry rand but but i didn't read that as like i he's her brother yeah all of a sudden she's like i I only love him like a brother. I think part of the issue here... And you like a sister, Elaine. Is that... Yeah, suddenly. Sudden, out of nowhere. Suddenly, they're both like, oh, what? We're just siblings? So cool. I think like, part of the issue here is that there's so many characters here that we like... It gets focused on like specific things that seem more unnecessary like we don't get this from Egwene because we don't get her POV thoughts about this but we we... get her thoughts about other things that seem like more annoying like her being annoyed at Nynaeve which she still is by the way that hasn't that hasn't gone away yes that's still happening so many storylines so much going on but then when something happens it's like wait like if you missed the one line back in book three then you don't yeah, but know what's like happening. even that wasn't a good prep for this yeah like but also just, he like... keeps time jumping and making very important decisions while he's time jumping like there's a big time gap between this book and the last one like not huge but it's like a couple weeks mm-hmm. and so you can imagine that maybe over that course of time Egwene felt all these feelings but he decided that we were going to get just this line about how she went through these feelings we're not going to get a pov we're not going to get anything because Egwene's pov doesn't matter so it's fine <laughs> I was just going to say they come up with this plan. Yes. And they're like, I'm going to go. Worst plan of all time. (laughs) I'm going to go tell Rand that I don't like him anymore. And, and then, then you can tell him that he'll you be like putty him. in your hands. <laughs> and then it's in your hands. And then Elaine's like, I don't know how to show him that I like him. Kiss and me. Then, <laughs> and then and then Egwene's like, in two rivers, we would weave flowers in his hair on Sunday <laughs> or at bell time, which 
Which, side note, I was just like, so was Matt just like seducing himself when he put the flowers in his own hair in the previous book? Because I love that for him. Yes. Matt's just, just love like, it, I love me. I love it with himself. And then, you know, Elaine's like, well, Mayoners would just say it. And then she says, she gets really mad at herself in her eternal dialogue. And she goes, what am I going to do? Speak out like some Mayoner hussy? <laughs> We can't say slut, but we will say hussy or a chit. We can't say sex either. It's it's tickles, but oh man. <laughs> and then we do. There was kind of a nice line from Nynaeve, which is you know she says Rand is not the only one who might die next year or next month. We might two times are not what they were, and we cannot be either. If you wish, if you sit and wish for what you want, you may not see it this side of the grave. This is the only part of this discussion that I can handle right now because everything else is like how do i tell a boy i like him <laughs> it's very 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 high school middle school <laughs> and then we have uh them going to do it yeah and elaine is like very uncomfortable because they pulled down her dress so that her her bosom is oh a i bit, ignored that part i don't even remember a that a little bit more they're visible. like they like dressed up yeah so and she's all dressed up in her sapphires and jewels so she looks so like pretty. a present oh, God. <laughs> So Elaine and Egwene, yeah, they go see if they can help Rand with his power. They, like, discuss the differences between channeling after, and then they, like, channel against each other. Yeah, after he, like, holds them up in the pinches air. Pinches them back. Pinches them. Yeah. Like, gets super aggressive for a minute. He pinches them first. And then Egwene or Elaine, it's kind of unclear. I think it's Egwene. Yeah. Does something to his butt. Yeah. Back. Which <laughs> I was like, brother and sister. Totally. <laughs> That's the vibes. That's exactly what the vibe is. At one point too, here, Egwene tells Rand that she's more powerful than Moraine. And I'm like, when? When did, <laughs> Where did you this learn come this? from? <laughs> like, chill out. <laughs> I, I don't yeah that like just suddenly like, suddenly I'm more powerful than Moraine okay <laughs> you're not even a nice at I yeah like chill which I think even earlier in this book like Elaine was like thinking about her potential oh like the three of us are supposed to be super strong but Moraine has experience that we don't have and like knowledge and like oh yeah that's it at least you acknowledged that yeah sometimes Elaine can think but yeah, whatever <laughs> well, I liked her a lot before I started listening to her yeah, hearing her thoughts this, I, yeah. <laughs> I liked her before I started listening to her <laughs> I'm turning into Jordan I god <laughs> it's rubbing off so one of the things to note mistake, listening to a woman yeah. <laughs> one of the things to note in this scene is Rand can feel when they touch the true source, but they cannot feel when Rand does. So that's yeah. one like difference Even in the power. Egwene is more powerful than Moraine. Yeah, that's one difference between men and women channeling situation is that men get like a little bit of a sense. I don't know why. You, you Alex, you don't know why. <laughs> I mean, okay, you I don't know, know why. Why the men women can don't. sense the women, but the women can't sense the men. It's the same reason that, that that Matt is in the bar every night checking out women's ankles. <laughs> he actually ankle. does mention the ankles one yeah, time. I don't like the time. ankles. What's so sexual about the ankles? <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, skin. <laughs> yeah. So Gwen finally tells Rand she doesn't want to marry him. And he's like, oh, thank God. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to marry you either. But I... she's like, oh, sweetheart be strong it's okay <laughs> you'll find someone else looks at elaine <laughs> <laughs> and i've never had this is where my the biggest secondhand embarrassment when Egwene is like oh thanks for being strong for me but like it's fine and then walks out i'm like eh, uh, no stop 
and Rand's like it's literally so just like like I did not want to marry you either for like a while. She's like, don't Cute. worry. <laughs> and then Egwene leaves, and Rand is like, oh, Elaine's still here. <laughs> and then he doesn't even see her. Like she so just we had Rand to see her. in a tree. <laughs> so he's like watching Egwene go, and then he realizes that Elaine's still in the room and then he's like, actually, I'm in love with you. <laughs> like, you didn't even know she was there. Like, she didn't even register on he's your like, radar. Right, this but is why I didn't, her? I wanted her to die less than the other two. <laughs> oh, this is my God, baby. Yeah. But n- maybe not because Min got a makeover. So yeah, she true. may be just as pretty as the daughter heir now. So yeah. Well, then Elaine and Rand have a little kissy kiss. They have a makeout. And... There. Yeah. They... They have a that. makeout session because he's in love with Elaine, even though he didn't register that she didn't leave the room. So <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but her top is pulled down. So like, yeah, it's hot. It's, so it's spicy. Those, those sapphires. <laughs> and so she also calls him. They're talking about like him using his power to like basically manhandle them and like throw mm-hmm. them up in the air and stuff. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I lost control. Like that was not a good idea. And she's like, and for the pinch. His face reddened again, but he faced her firmly and even so. No, no, I am not sorry for that. The two of you talking over my head as if I were a lump of wood with no ears. You deserved as much, both of you, and I won't see different. So there's a funny moment that I can make about this, about how he's just like, no, I'm not going to apologize for that. And that's kind of funny. Okay, But also, he literally just said, you both deserve to be sexually assaulted because you bothered me. I I put a red flag on that one. Does Elaine just like laugh it off? I can't remember what her... She thanks him for being so honest. Oh, yes. (sighs) As one would. Yeah. No, just... That's the regular Sorry, she doesn't thank him. She kisses him and says, for being so honest, I think. Oh, no, she heals him. She heals him, and then she goes, for being honest. (laughs) Like, thank you for being honest that you think that I deserved to be assaulted because... I bothered you for a minute. You know what? At least you told me. At least you, told you know me what? I also believe I deserve to be assaulted, so it's fine. Yeah. It, Yay, misogyny. Yeah. I will say, I read this out to my partner, and he was like, "What is like what? What do you mean that's a line?" I was like, "It's a line. Like, like it's did a you, line in the book? Did you read that wrong? Like, can you? <laughs> like, nope. He was like, no. are, you, are you sure? <laughs> yep." I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah, Elaine's internalized misogyny is definitely showing here. And I feel yeah. sad for her. Ugh. Anyways. Then Rand meets with some lords. Yeah, no, I'm just very important. <laughs> yeah, so Rand wants the lords to lower taxes because he's a good guy. <laughs> I was like, I can't even with this conversation. He also so we, we have a switch, right? So Elaine we are getting Elaine's POV and then we we switch to Rand's and he's like very distracted during this whole conversation because he's just thinking about how he just made out with a woman and that's a big deal for him. <laughs> so he's like talking to the lords, but he's not really paying attention to what he's saying. No. Like he's he's on autopilot because he's thinking about Elaine. And we have this great line, which is why was it women could go to pieces or fly into a rage at the smallest thing, yet never flicker an eyelash at what left you gaping. Maybe because, Rand, <laughs> you don't pay attention. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're mad and you don't know why. <laughs> there is one line that was more traditionally misogynistic that's coming up. But that one, I was like, that's like straight out of the handbook. Like, women are emotional. You literally just said it. They are so crazy and so silly. If, so. if you are a man... 
and you are ever faced with a woman <laughs> who seemingly explodes at something small, just flying off the handle, if you will, I implore you to reflect on all the little things leading up to this moment that have been weighing on her and piling up. Like it's it's not women don't people generally people don't lose it at the smallest things unless there's something else going on. Generally, yes. something else going and there on. There are exceptions. A build up. A build up. <laughs> yeah, exceptions. But but the answer is right in that line. And that's what drives me crazy. He goes, yet yeah, never flicker an eyelash at what left you gaping. Because, they, because they're dealing with what left you. They're dealing with all the. I <laughs> So close. So close. <laughs> we almost had it. You needed to, you know, I needed fewer lines about the bosoms and more lines with the critical thinking. That's what I needed in this book. Because you were so close. It was right there. Right there. Just one one line over. <laughs> so Matt runs into Egwene and he asks her for advice. And Egwene... Even though he's really mad at her. Yes. Because she made him give back the Emerlin's letter. Yes. And... That was hers in the first place. That was hers that she gave him. And also Nynaeve and Elaine were there and they bound him in his room so that they could search for the letter. And he was like, I would have given it back if you had told me to give it back. And they were like, mm-hmm, yeah, we, we asked for it. <laughs> Maybe you should have listened, Matt. <laughs> and, and, and he's aware of that, but he's still going to think terrible thoughts about his friends. Yeah. Regardless, he's also going to say a line because he hates Aes Sedai and he said women could play games with words like Aes Sedai. So we just have we just have the misogyny on multiple levels here. Here it comes. Gwen like really badly wants to help him. So her thought is, oh, this really important dangerous object that I was told not to tell anyone about. Here, Matt. <laughs> Why don't you use it? Why don't you promise well, me says. first <laughs> that you will either talk to Moraine, who you hate and would rather like die than talk to, or you have to be, it has to be like a life or death situation, which I'm sure he won't take out of context at all. Your life must depend on it. Okay, that's very vague. <laughs> so I can decide when my life depends on it. Thank you. Yeah, Matt swears he won't use it, but I think we all know. And then we find out in the next chapter that Matt's really sad because nobody will play cards with him anymore. Yeah. And also, more than one servant woman who had enjoyed a cuddle now declined to, and two said uneasily that they heard it was dangerous to be alone with him. We also have a weird, this is the weird chapter, yes? Where we're the, just the one, jumping like, from character the, to character. The run-on sentence of what everyone's doing right now and then we're gonna give it to stuff later yeah 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 that one yeah is that this that's this one yeah yeah she's just jumping from character to character with absolutely no breath in between (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's no punctuation (laughs) uh we also find out that Egwene, much to her i'm sure enjoyment because she saw another woman and was like oh my god i need to be best friends so Avienda oh, yeah, she's friends becomes with Avienda. friends with Avi- like Egwene. But we find out that, you know, the silly Aiel are just so different. And so one time Avienda walked in on her in the bath and she, you know, was uncomfortable because she was sitting in a bath. Not shocked. She wasn't shocked at walking in on her naked. In fact, when she saw that Egwene was uncomfortable, she peeled off her own clothes and sat down on the floor to talk. <laughs> As one would do. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Why, why, why does he go out of his way to make, no, I know why this is, this is rhetorical. I know why, but he really says, I'm just going to make all my female characters naked. I think we're at a count of five so far, this section, just this section. Yeah, well, we have, we have a Gwen. And it's we not have, done. <laughs> yeah. 
We have a Gwen. We have we have, have an Aiel woman in There's a vision of her. Is a Gwen Amerlin naked? Elaine. What? When is a Gwen naked? She's naked right. A Gwen was just naked. She's right she's here. Right here. Right oh, now. In the she's bath. in the bath okay, naked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's. I'm she's, like. She's in the room with us. <laughs> yeah. So Amerlin, Elaine, Min, Egwene. Avienda. Berylaine was mostly unclothed at one point. Yeah, she wasn't leaving much to the imagination in her silk robe that's clinging to her, but she was wearing a silk robe, so I guess you can't technically count that. Yeah, I guess you can't count that that's one. It's still a fistful of naked women just because. Like, well, that's the dream, a fistful of naked women. <laughs> <laughs> Make them all naked. <laughs> also, like, we've had multiple people, we, we get multiple people naked multiple times like Egwene is naked a lot she's naked again in this section this is the last time Egwene's gonna be naked always like, ugh, man. Oh, this is also where we get Lanfear. Yeah, so Lanfear walks in. And so Rand is like, oh, so she's she's like, hey, I'm Lanfear. And Rand's like, don't be silly. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> How silly are you? You can't be. You can't be Lanfear. Okay, also, just the description, because we're just, we're pointing it all out. So we, we got to go for it. A woven silver belt glittered around her narrow waist. Silver combs worked with stars and crescent moons shone in her hair that fell to her, fo- her shoulders like waterfalls of night. She was still the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. Elaine and Egwene were only pretty beside her. (gasps) The one that he's in love with? Shame. (sighs) I love the constant comparing of women as well yeah just just, just, a, I, just, I, just I just to like, a little spice on there let's just compare them oh my god she's gorgeous you're just pretty <sighs> yeah what's the levels here so selena's the top oh, pretty. selena's yeah. s tier also we have we have <laughs> lanfear being like s tier sorry that that occurred to me way too late i heard it <laughs> oh that's great so she is like i'm in love with you and you're mine forever lose that Theron, and he's like, I'm not loose there. And she's like, Yeah, but you really are though. And then <laughs> I like you like this. And then he She's is like, You just... can let the, you can just play with Elaine for now, basically. She's like, Do you wish to see my true appearance? You can't remember that either, can you? And he wants to say no, but he can't make himself speak because obviously she's so beautiful. She's so pretty. And then we have what I I I this was one of the moments where I screamed so loud my dog thought he was mad I was mad at him and I had to like apologize to him. But the air rippled around Lanfear and she changed. She was older than he was than he certainly, but older was not the right word. More mature, riper, <laughs> even more beautiful if that was possible. A lush blossom in full flower compared Gag. to a bud. Even knowing what she was, he made she made his mouth dry, his throat tighten. <laughs> Riper? Yeah. Okay, so not only is that like a terrible, like it just, it, it's visceral and wrong, but also, okay, words have meaning. Riper describes fruit. It describes produce. You just compared a human being to, to produce. An apple. You said she was essentially ripe like an apple. I'm picturing more like a juicy peach, actually. <laughs> Personally. Obviously. Or an avocado. Something that could be bruised really easy and that would just ruin its value. Obviously, because she's really 
really innocent and then she's just talking to him and suddenly he's being attacked yes by a gray man gray man by a gray man which he sees because he's awesome and (laughs) in order to convince him that she is Lanfear, she shields him i think from the source at this point like before the gray man comes in she like boxes him into some air something he's she's yeah she's showing how absolutely strong she is yes but she's still just a woman so we, so we can't, can't we cannot kill we cannot kill in the she next pretty scene. and no then kill. it occurs you know he's like why distract me and she's like i just told you the other forsaken like aren't going about this the way that i am like i want you to run away with me and we like live happily forever in a little cottage when i cook for you <laughs> but i oh come on it's implied <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like other people are just trying to kill you. I Like they're fools, but they're just trying to kill you, even though you're super powerful and hot. So don't know why they're doing that. And then he has this line where he's thinking about killing her or like hurting her, but obviously he's not going to. She was one of the forsaken. She had served evil so long she made a black sister look like a newborn babe. Yet he saw a woman. He called himself nine kinds of fools, but he couldn't do it. Maybe if she tried to kill him, maybe. But all she did was stand there, watching, waiting. Do you want to unpack that? (sighs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No. She's literally shown that she's more powerful than him in this moment, too, and he still thinks he has the option to kill her. I think that's what's a little bit funny. She is literally like a killing machine. Like, she could squash him like a bug, except she wants to play with him first. And then he realizes that, like, the Grey Man shouldn't have even been able to get into the room because Aiel should have been able, like, Aiel, the Aiel outside of his door should have been able to stop him. So he runs out and she's like, no, don't. Yeah. I mean, after he, like, so the Grey Man attacks and he, like, pushes her out of the way. Yeah. No, he protects her for sure. Must protect. She she needed that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like she can just, like, disappear and reappear and. (laughs) she's literally the most powerful person in that room but whatever but she's a woman and that great man is not forsaken literally like the third most powerful evil person in this series so far yeah he walks out of the room i think there's a line to it it says he walked into like chaos it's like the last line of the chapter onto a scene of madness yeah we've got some trollocs and the fades attacking oh we have trollocs and fades attacking and also threatening so we have a merdral Yes. Threatening, I will give your flesh to the Trollocs and take your women for my own. Because completely necessary. Love the, that. The nasty even little the creatures. Eyeless <laughs> things want to take the woman naturally. So hot. It's, How can he It's not? really Obviously. just, this section is just dripping in it. I just. It's really baked in there's there. There's no, you can't, no you can't pick around these pieces. <laughs> Rand just runs out into this and it didn't really occur to me that he should have grabbed his sword because I kind of thought he grabbed it. <laughs> well, he you doesn't would have a sword right now. He makes Kalendor? a magic sword. Kalendor, yes, but Kalendor isn't like a f- sword you would like fight with. It's the... I would have grabbed it personally. I, I but like the sword too. that he fights with that he makes, like the flame one, that's always just been like his magic for since he lost the Yeah, Karen I just Markley. assumed he had Kalendor because but, I was like, why would you leave a weapon when you're being attacked? Because like he just got Kalendor, like But he, obviously Rand had he's different thoughts. Distracted. <laughs> yeah. And then so he's like laying stuff as he's going and then he runs into like running down the hallways and then he runs into three trollocs and he one of the trollocs like kicks out his legs and so he misses his attack otherwise otherwise he would have been fine because obviously he's ran so it was a mistake but a fourth trolloc appears out of nowhere and saves him yeah the, the trollocs are fighting each other yes yeah. 
something that's happening. I don't yeah. know if it ever explains why. There's some Merdral fighting Merdral too. These shadow spawn. My question was yeah. like, were these shadow spawn henchmen sent by like two different Forsaken? So like they each have a goal in mind and the other ones are I getting in the one way? Of, or is there something? It's one of three things. It's either, it's either that. So they're fighting against each other because they were sent by other people. It's two chaos because like Tavirin pattern things are mm-hmm. happening or going with the Tavirin pattern things the other option was I was thinking like the they just got out of I guess it's the same option then like they just got out of control and started fighting each other because of the chaotic nature of the situation like we know that Trollocs don't have like a whole lot going on between their ears yeah and like they just want to kill like they they're known to fight each other but like the Merdral are higher like mm-hmm. beings a little bit. They've got a little bit more thought. So I'm not 100% sure the exact reason, but right. I think it's just very chaotic <laughs> is what we can, you know, get from that scene. We also have Landfear showing up again because she's yeah. like, hey, hey, guy, I, I love you. <laughs> we never you. finished our combo. <laughs> I don't know why you ran off. You could have gotten yourself killed and that would have been really sad. Also, because, why don't you have Calendar? <laughs> yeah. Also, you left your sword in your room and I don't know why you did that because you... <laughs> Like in a battle right now. Yeah. He's like, I don't need it. And then she goes, yeah, but if another Forsaken got it, they could also use it. You know that, right? And then he has just the most horrific oh, realization <laughs> that like that would be really bad. And he doesn't want that. Is it at that point that he like pushes her against the wall with the power? Yeah. So she, because she's a woman, he can't bear to leave her there. In fact, he says that should not have troubled him thinking about like a trollic finding her is what he's referencing. Because she's like literally one of the baddest. Yeah. Like (laughs) she's like one of the biggest villains in this book and yeah. so he shouldn't be concerned about her well-being yeah. not the but death he is of a... she's a man she's a woman <laughs> he goes not the death of a forsaken but the thought of leaving a woman or anyone helpless <laughs> for in. trollocs repelled him i was like you don't have to you don't have to we try know the true meaning here <laughs> we know i can't leave a woman or or, or any anyone I, I didn't anyone anyone this isn't about women obviously that's silly so he runs after that point he lets her go yeah essentially because why would you keep the first well actually he doesn't let her go she she just like breaks his he, weave she's like just oh to be like by the way hey i'm really powerful <laughs> that really wasn't that impressive boy you don't that don't impress me much Very... <laughs> she is shania twain <laughs> and then he is left to run after calendar because he realizes he realizes ooh, it big was bad. one a mistake to not use it big and bad idea would have been bad if someone else found it and then it he just like kills everyone well, he, so he's like having a little bit of like a panic attack almost because he's just like, there's so much killing. He can't save everyone. It really hurts his feelings. And so he like makes a giant magic tornado, <laughs> lightning tornado that basically kills all of the Sharknado. Yes. That kills all of the Trollocs and like the dark, uh, the shadow spawn. And then he sees a child. A girl. A girl. <laughs> a female a child. A female child. Jinx. Just a real double whammy there. Yeah. He turns really her into a zombie. On and... his heartstrings. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone else dying was not enough. But the, the fact that there's a child. female child lying dead. And then he realizes that he could have done this at the beginning yeah. and saved a lot more people. If only he had listened to Lanfear sooner. <laughs> if only. 
And then Moraine comes in and he's like, I can do anything. And then he makes the female child dance, yeah, essentially. Turns her into a zombie, basically. <gasps> and then she's like, Moraine's like, don't do this. Like, you yeah. can't do this. This is you not. You cannot heal death. You are not the creator, like all this stuff. And then he realizes maybe he should ask about his friends. That would be a good idea. <laughs> and if they're still alive. And they are. So that's good for him. He's not good for the child that's dead, but it's good for him that his friends aren't dead. And then we find out that they had the most obvious ploy on how to get all these Trollocs here that just nobody caught on to. So (laughs) that's fun. There was just some big grain chips. Yeah, grain yeah. barges and carriages. Just, just sitting there when they shouldn't have been sitting like there. The Trojan horse. And then everyone was yeah. like, oh, this looks totally normal and ignored it. And then surprise, there's Trollocs inside. Yeah. And we also have Moraine for the first time ever, like not letting land near Rand mm-hmm. because she's concerned that he's too dangerous. Rand's a little dangerous yeah. right now. Or if not dangerous, just unhinged enough that she does not want him to go near. And then Rand's like, I I really gotta I really gotta go to sleep as I'm tired. I'm so sleepy. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> go go bed. And then he says, you know, he, he just thinks it's so weird that all these women are in love with him. They're so still silly. Thinking about these that. Silly little women. Because that was the major thing that happened. Yes. <laughs> Reminder. <laughs> he is loved by three women. So we get to we go to Egwene now, and Egwene is telling us about the dreams, and this is where we see like the Matt wrestling with the Sean Chen woman. I Ayel fighting fight each, each other, other around doing things. <laughs> Galad wrapping himself in white as though putting on his own shroud. I wonder what that means. Gawain with his eyes full of pain and hatred. So many things we can infer. And we, so Egwene is deciding that she's going to enter Teleronriad because they've decided that they got to pick between Tenchiko or like whatever Leandrin's plan the other plan and she's like okay i'll go to teller and read see if i can find anything in tenchiko and maybe like it'll help us we can decide what to do and and then she puts clothes on herself okay that's how it works and then she's you know I'm going to put on an outfit that's essentially... No, no, no. Before she gets to Teleronriad, she takes a year before she even gets in bed to fall asleep. And I was like, why is this happening right now? As I was reading this, I'm like, she is still not even laying down. And she's talking about how they have no time. And she's just still like talking. <laughs> I was like, girl, <laughs> hurry this shit up. Yeah, hurry that's it up. actually true. I was like, what? It She's took, like, there's not enough time. And I'm like, yeah. She took five ever to get into Dream World. And then <laughs> when ever. in Dream World, she took even longer to actually do the thing she was there to do. And then she doesn't even do it. <laughs> yeah. So she also... She goes in and then she she she's in this outfit and she doesn't like it. So she <laughs> copies Fayil's outfit because Fayil has like pretty outfits, I guess. So, you know, like she's obviously this is the most star. important thing to Egwene is that she looks good. And then she says, foolish to worry about it. No one is going to see me except in their dreams and few ordinary dreams reach here. It would make no difference if I were naked. And then she's naked because we can't help but make Egwene naked all the time. <laughs> And so it is something to point out that Teleronriad is altered by your thoughts. So yeah, I think we could have done that without making <laughs> Wayne naked, but okay. There was a way to do that. But like she's thinking about what she should wear and then it's like changing. And so when you're not fully like versed in how Teleronriad works, it's easy to like slip in between different looks because you wouldn't necessarily be like, you've got to have like the mental control, I guess. Yes. To like either not think about it or continuously think Which about it. Which 
So she's in, where is she in? She's in Penarch. It's like a museum, basically. Yeah, yeah. She's seeing the Museum of Skeletons. Natural History. <laughs> Pretty much. We've got mammoth skeletons, oh. saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. I was curious if you could pick out the things she was describing because there's something here. I'm going to be honest. I was really irritated. At this and point. so I didn't care. <laughs> so a, a mammoth, right? Yeah. I'm not ignoring your comment. I'm just... It's fine. <laughs> continuing. So I thought this was going to be a really cool thing in the world is like, oh, there's like references to our world and their world. And then there's a line later. And I don't know if this just occurred to me, but what is the final battle? The last battle? No, but what it has a name. Tarmon Gaiden. Tarmon Gaiden, yeah. Tarmon Gaiden. So Armageddon. Oh, shut up. The the word is there. Yeah. I mean, that's where the word came from, for sure. It's not supposed to be like Armageddon, but that is Armageddon. Like word... Armageddon. It came from the word Armageddon. Yes. I feel I have to be fair here, actually, because I ripped on Red Queen for this because Red Queen did this thing where I thought it was world building and it was like, oh, it's such a cool world. Spoilers for Red Queen, by the way, just randomly. <laughs> Red Queen did this thing and then slowly revealed that it was actually like a dystopian world and, you know, society had fallen apart and essentially like, you know, all this stuff. So the names of the places were like names on the East Coast in North America. So it was like, I think it was like Tonto was Toronto, but they like over the years had lost the letters of the words. And I have always said that this is the most stupid world building I've ever seen. Jordan. Jordan. I was reading it and somebody said Tarmageddon. And then I was sounding it out and I was like, no, 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 he did not just rewrite Armageddon. Correct. <laughs> that makes me so viciously angry. Why does it make you so angry? Because it's lazy. Oh, just like using a word that you know. It's just lazy. And it's, again, it goes, I feel like he's trying so hard to be clever. I don't think that... Because that's how I felt when I read Red Queen. I I had this feeling of like, I feel like you're trying so hard to be clever, but it it feels a little lazy. It's just not my style. I'm going to leave it at that because I feel like I'm trying to make it about it being lazy. And I think some people might really like this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with liking the fact that like it's like a distant world of ours. But I really didn't like it when it was in the in the words. That's really silly that the last battle is a butchering of the word Armageddon. Yeah, I don't know if that's like for sure. It has if to it's be. Whether, if it's actually like he was trying to make a version of Armageddon. I'm going to assume he was so because just like also once again making like, up the word. Robert Jordan was very religious. This is the fight of good and evil. There's the creator, God. You have the dark one, so you have the devil and or other evil forces. You mean Shaitan? <laughs> no. No. It just occurred to me as you said that. <laughs> no. Shaitan? No. He did No. This is this is just the Bible? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> What are we reading? <laughs> I mean, I, again, I don't think it's like this is his representation of that. I think he was just like, oh, word. Let me like remake the word, word. and use that. <laughs> Do you know oh, what word. I mean? Like, I don't think he was trying to be like, this is my version of like the biblical Armageddon. He was just like, oh, Armageddon means this. So like, I'm going to like kind of screw with the word because like part of some of the things like we even this came across with Beltine, how it's spelt different than like the actual Beltine festival. How many Forsaken are there? <laughs> Is that including the dark one? No. no. Okay. 
Okay. Nope. Never Were mind. you worried that there was the same amount of uh, Yeah, I angels? thought there was going to be 12 because <laughs> that's how many disciples Jesus had. <laughs> I don't know. It just know. got really biblical and now it you're... just got re- I'm not as against it as probably you are, which is the <laughs> ironic part. <laughs> but I do think it is it's it's interesting. I think so like what I was trying to say too with my like the word mashing, <laughs> the word scrambles. I don't know that it's like he was writing and being like, Oh, I'm gonna make Armageddon and then I'll just like like I feel like more it was like this is what that means so I'll just like rewrite the word a little bit and use that I don't know isn't that the same thing yes kind of is the same thing <laughs> I like, I just maybe I'm trying to say that I didn't think it was as biblical as now we're realizing it might be <laughs> I think it well we'll see we'll see how the series goes and I might be pulled back to my Catholic school days now that I'm thinking it over there's a lot of similarities that I think are popping up really quickly in my head and I'm gonna go ahead and actually fact check some of those so maybe you'll hear more about that from me in the next podcast but even now that i'm thinking about the breaking of the world kind of sounds familiar oh good oh good love this (laughs) well anyways (laughs) in the panarch palace wherever Egwene ends up so there's the mammoth that we see and then she describes like a three-pointed star and I think the theorization of there is that that's like the Mercedes symbol. And um, when she looks at it, she feel has a sense of like vanity and something else. And then there's one other thing she looks at that is vague reference to something we would have now. And I guess like the intention there is that as the ages have come and passed, come and pass, passed. Uh, as the ages come point, and pass. Yeah, this would have been like I think. At, yeah, it's it's even mentioned at one point. This would have been like a distant future or a dist- or a distant past of our own world. So you know, maybe it is low fantasy. <laughs> also, in this Panarche Palace Museum situation that she's in, as she's walking through looking at stuff, she sees something she thinks is an angriel, and then a collar with two bracelets of dull black metal that makes her shiver. She feels darkness and pain associated with it but then there's something that seemed familiar the upper half of a broken figure carved from some shiny white stone a woman holding a crystal sphere in one upraised hand so this is is this the other half of that that's my question this sounds like the You're female half connected to of the statue yeah thing the that, thing rand was looking yeah, at definitely. yeah definitely near karian except that one was a giant statue and so it honestly feels fitting that the woman's statue would only be about a foot tall because women are less than <laughs> maybe it is connected to the big statue who knows Tay? good good eye <laughs> who knows so she's in this yeah like she's in the palace looking at all these things she grabs I believe she grabs that figure and then like drops it because it's painful when she picks it up. And she keeps thinking about how she like needs to learn more about dreaming. And then like when she gets too far along in that thought, all of a sudden she pops up in like the Aiel Waste. And she, the first time she does it, she's like, ugh. You're so stupid. <laughs> Go back on. I can't remember if she sees anybody at that point. I think she she sees a woman she sees hunting. An ideal woman yeah, hunting. Like yeah. hunting a lion. So she rethinks herself back into the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> she has to always go back there. Yeah. And then she goes out, like she finally she finds her way out. And then she's just like randomly like, oh, I can fly if I wanted to. So she just like starts floating. And then she's like, wait a second. No, I'm trying to be sneaky. That's stupid. She's just like <laughs> so a beacon down. in the sky. Just a woman. Yeah. And then again, she's like, oh, gosh, if I only knew things. And then she pops back up in the waist a second time. And this is when 
the woman is like closer to her and she looks at her and she's like, what can I do to like make her uncomfortable enough that she won't shoot me? And so she like puts her clothes on. Yeah, the woman's clothes on. Yeah. And the Aiel woman is like, you do not get to wear. You have no right to wear the Cadensor. Cadensor girl. And Egwene found herself standing there in her skin. Yes. Because that would be the next, the and next then, option. What's our naked you know, count at? I, <laughs> I've lost count. She's jumping from this foot to foot because the sand is so hot on her bare skin, which I was like, she's just a cartoon character at this point. <laughs> and then she dresses herself back up in Fail's garments mm-hmm. because she just, Fail is a fashionista. So we're just going to copy Fail. Fashion Fayil. star. Fashion star. And then she makes the Aiel woman naked as like payback. And I was like, this is a fever dream. This is, this is, uh, it's a something dream of someone's. <laughs> anyway, so that happens. And then she. So then she leaves. She thinks herself back into the palace once more. And then the woman follows her and is like, hey, you're a child. <laughs> You should not be here. It is very dangerous. And if you don't come find me, you know, like never come back here again unless you want she to She does basically. fully lie to this woman and say that she is of the Aes Sedai yes. of the Green Aja. Yeah. And the woman doesn't seem to believe her that much. But the woman's like, you're pretty young. But yeah, all right, but I'll allow it. She mentions me, she mentions that there's something like evil in Tanjiko or like an evil feeling. And she's not exactly sure what it is, but that it's there. And then tells her to meet her, I believe it's Cold Rock's Hold, to come to be taught. And that's mm-hmm. what she says. And then at this point... Which is in the waste. Egwene has wasted her hour <laughs> doing nothing. And no, she got naked. <laughs> she so did get naked. It was a not times. a waste for everyone. And they're waking her well, up. Well, I did think that maybe that little statue with the crystal that she found was the dangerous thing like that the yeah, black Aja like... were searching for so i kind of thought in my head like she found this like right off the jump what she was doing Maybe, yeah, yeah. but she just doesn't realize it and like it keeps looking because she was trying to like she knows enough about Teleronia that she can like your intentions matter so she was like trying to think i have to find like this thing so maybe you're right like she might have seen exactly what she was supposed to be looking for just didn't realize it she just yeah doesn't know so elaine manages to wake her up finally and she is back in tier and then we have a fun little moment in which avienda reveals like she's like telling them about who she ran into and then avienda's like oh i know that person which Mm -hmm. that's it's real convenient for everyone here (laughs) Uh, and explains that the woman that she ran into was a niece Amis, yeah. Amis. And that Avienda's sister mother, Leanne, is sister wife to Amis. Mm-hmm. And everyone is suddenly very confused, except for Elaine, who kind of feels like this is what it's going to be explained, but she's still shocked because it's very scandalous. scandalous. And they say, what does sister wife mean? And that you can have the same husband. And I thought, what better thing to trust in the hands of Robert Jordan than polygamy? So we're going there. Yay. <laughs> I did think it was funny the way that uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we have different thoughts. No, no. The, the one thing... Like, like, Avienda's like, what, would you rather fight over a man? Like, you could just both marry him. And I was like, I mean, at least we're not fighting for men, I guess, in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, I read this more as, oh my god, it's actually more feminist to just share your husband. I would actually love it. Because you can't just, like, be friends when a man gets between you. Because obviously, neither of you are going to give up. So you should just both marry him and Ta-da. share him. And 
and everything will be good and fine and dandy. And it's not like maybe that has a load of problems I attached to it. Was I thought I wrote this down, but apparently not. But I was thinking like, well, wouldn't it be just like great if like you actually loved each other and you also love the men, and then we have like a proper love triangle? And wouldn't it yeah, be too much to ask for? Hey, that, I suppose not gonna happen here. <laughs> hey, Alex, women, <laughs> if only, <laughs> might sometimes sleep with other women, but I guarantee you, nothing can come between a woman and a man. So watch yourself. <laughs> With that kind of language. Watch it. <laughs> yes. So Emmys is married to Rourke and Rourke has a couple wives. She's one of them. I would like it on record that I I have no issue with the fact that there's polygamy. I have no issue with the fact that the polygamy isn't even polyamorous. These relationships exist and when people are entering in the in them and they are consenting adults, that is their choice all the power to them. It's not bothering me. Do I trust this man to write about it? Not even That's a the little issue. bit. That's not the even a little bit. Yeah. This man has given me multiple reasons to not trust him to write about this. I again I was I was reading this with my partner in the room and I had been very vocal about how I was feeling about this book so far and all the parts had gone read out loud so far. And I said this part out loud and my partner very hilariously was like, Yes, this is exactly what that novel needed. <laughs> this Perfect. Is, this is what if, we wanted. If I could have guessed that it was missing one thing, it was it was it was this. It was one man just married to multiple women because I'm sure this is going to be handled great and I'm not going to have to hear about it later. Yeah, this is just setting us up for more frustration later. Well, you can find that out by reading. <laughs> Once we have that conversation. <laughs> Avienda is like clearly not pumped about going to Roydium because Egwene is like, oh, well, you can just take me. Like, you know where this is. And Avienda's like, really, she really, kind of just really, says really, that really she don't can want take to. her too. She's like, you can do You'll this You'll take me. me. Yeah. yeah. And Avienda's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then Maureen pops in and... Because Maureen is everywhere. Yeah. She's always... She's everywhere. She lets them know that Joya and Amiko are dead and whether or not that was the point of the attack or just like a convenient addition to the attack the girls are trying to decide whether or not like they were killed because they talked or killed because they told the truth or killed before they could elaine says killed in her head she says maybe they were killed as punishment or maybe she says that out loud she and the says other that two out girls loud and naive and and Egwene Egwene are like disgusted. flabbergasted <laughs> And she's like, oh, these two may be stronger than me in like a lot of situations, but I know politics. Yes. And I was like, of course you do. Like, we didn't need this line. You are here. literally the daughter heir to the throne. Yeah. <laughs> you would <But> know this. <laughs> Moraine is convinced that they weren't killed by a gray man and says... Yeah, because they were brutally murdered. Yeah, like like a gray man couldn't even handle, couldn't have managed that. The shadow has resources beyond what we know, it seems. So like a gray man scary. is an assassin that like does whatever it needs to do to kill said person, but like it's not going to cut out. It's not going to leave a message. It's not going to cut out a tongue. Not going to nail their nail their tongues to the door. Yeah, that's not what gray men do. And then we head over to Matt checking Who out some ankles. Who is so upset that he's not even checking out the ankles? Actually, that's yeah, that's right. the line. I, I forgot he didn't even look at the ankles. He wasn't even looking at the serving girl's ankles. So we know that he's having like a super bad day. So <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad time. <laughs> he's like flashing back on the tower, and he was saved at one point by from a merge roll by Trollocs again. 
it's unclear what is up with these Trollocs. I, I think it's just probably like the chaos of the pattern. Everything that's going on is just, it's, yes. Matt is like, so he's sitting there drinking and then he like hears something and he gets up and he goes over this table and he's being like very intimidating to the people because he heard this rumor. He heard the He's, he's two real shocked like, when they think he's a lord, which yeah. like he's totally acting like one. Like, I don't know what he thinks he's doing right now. He's not acting like some little farming boy. Like, yeah, yeah. And so he's asking questions about what they were saying. And they were talking about, I can't remember explicitly, but oh, sorry, the tabak. So they were saying, oh, we're not going to have any tabak from the two rivers this year because of the white cloaks and so he gets like the they're rumor. hunting the dragon reborn and even though the dragon reborn is here and some dude with yellow eyes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever heard of that <laughs> so really silly. strange and matt's like wait what about a third person and they're like nope no nope. so no just those two i like to think matt's like a little bit sad that like the it's third like, person isn't there. What about me? It's like, oh, they didn't it's remember like, me. They didn't care about me. Okay. <laughs> and then, I'm dangerous too. Yeah, so he goes to find Perrin. I, Taylor, I'm reading your notes here, but he runs into Berylaine in the hallway and then is offended when she doesn't say hi. But actually, she turns to him and she's like, mm, too much like me and walks yeah, she, away. <laughs> well, she does say that, but he also has, for all her airs, she was a fine figure of a woman. Ugh. That clinging white silk was thin enough for a handkerchief, not to mention being scooped low enough at the top to expose a considerable amount of excellent pale bosom. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Okay. I just a Michelin star on this pale book. <laughs> describing it as pale, all I can think is the Merdral being pale. Like, no, 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 no. See, this is different. The bosom pale on the pale Merdral. Bosoms are only good if they're pale, apparently. Yeah, of course. If we you can't put have a tan, tan on this woman or tan skin. No. Mm-mm. No, she's pale. no longer pretty. Ugh. So that's a thing. And also, then he's like, he is upset. He's real upset. And she's like, oh, he's too much like me, which is, I mean, I, I don't even want to start trying to unpack that one. But then he has this moment of like, well, who cares about you? Well, he knew a plump cook's helper, just plump enough, who did not think he was dirt. Dara had a way of nibbling his ear that oh, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. <sighs> I just, the plump, I can't. And then the nip, ugh, God. The nibbling, well, you know, he just wanted to know whether she was awake and up for a cuddle. Well, she is not up for a cuddle with him. And she tells him so. <laughs> also, like, it's giving the man at the bar that, like, oh, gives you a compliment and, oh, you're not interested because you literally don't care about this strange man. And all of a sudden, you are the biggest B word he's ever seen and you're ugly yeah. anyways and i wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole <laughs> you're like okay yeah. i was actually just giving you a compliment and you should have taken it but i guess you're actually want to just hear about how ugly you are yeah that was <laughs> also vibes. all right <laughs> you're not you're either too plump or not plump enough because I Matt points out there is an amount of plump that is just right. Oh, it's good. like Goldilocks, right? Thank you, like, Matt. Thank you for telling you us. You can have not enough plump or too much plump, but he likes Dara because she has just the right amount of plump. Just the right amount of... God, I hate that word now. Plump. I hated it before, but now plump, I really plump. hate it. <laughs> so, Berlaine 
his often visit. Really, this was really working. Howie was upset when I was reading this chap- oh, these we chapters. Did, we did miss too. Matt has already seen Perrin at this point. So he's like, Perrin's already packing. And then Matt yeah, wants he, to say he'll go, but he like physically can't. Yeah, and Berylaine can't. obviously is coming to Perrin's room. Like yes. that was very obvious. Like Berylaine's like, Rand, X. Matt, Next up, too much Perrin. like me. Perrin, just right. Again. Just plump enough. Again. Perrin Goldilocks. <laughs> he's just plump enough. And so... Like I, I don't know. That was very broadcast that she was about to go to Perrin, and I was, I was not ready. I was not looking forward to it. I did not want it. I knew what was going to happen. I was still upset about it. So Perrin, very, very convinced that he needs to leave and go to Two Rivers, and also Fael is not allowed to come with him at all. Like he will do whatever it takes. So all I could think of is this man is going to White Fang the heck, White Fang or Randall Thor, yeah. And I I knew it was coming and I knew Berylaine was going to walk in and I was like, well, this is just not going to be a happy moment for Marissa. And then he's like, oh, Fael's about to come in the room and it's Berylaine. And then we just have a whole bunch of misogyny that I'm just going to read out loud. So he's like, oh, I'm leaving in the morning. You know, like he's like bowing to her and she's like, so am I. She closed the door and crossed her arms beneath her breasts, not above her breasts, not over her breasts. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely implies a lift. Like this girl, she put them under and she lifted and then he was like, oh, boobs. Oh my God. (laughs) Boobies. Boobies. (laughs) And then, you know, she's like talking in these sentences where she's like clearly trailing off and it, you know, implied to be very sensual. And then he's like, why are you telling me this? Like, I don't understand because Perrin has never gotten a hint in his life. And then we have this great line. The way she tossed her head reminded him of a mare he had sometimes shooed in Eamon's field. That mare would try to take a bite out of you. Women are horses. <laughs> Women are horses and also ripe fruit. <laughs> like, oh, that's all I'm getting from this. And so they, you know, continue talking and he was in the middle of getting ready for bed. So he realizes, as all men do in the middle of a conversation with a woman, that he doesn't have a shirt on. And she's like coming up to him and touching him. And then Fahil walks. So what a coincidence. What a coinky dink. (laughs) And then we have, you know, Fahil is kind of annoyed. But Berylaine leaves. And so we have Fael being like, what are you doing? And he's, she's like, oh, well, you heard the rumor too then about two rivers, obviously. And he's like, yep, I'm going to go. And she's like, okay, so like, what's the plan here? We're going to need all this stuff, you know, and, you know, it's going to take us a couple of weeks to get there. And she's like, he's like, loyal will take me. So also just loyal still exists, guys. There's been no loyal and I, honestly, no, but he still exists. So we we have to know that he's still existing because because he's gonna have an important role in the next section. So Jordan was like, I didn't forget about loyal. I think maybe it's for the best. Loyal wasn't involved in any of this hot garbage yeah. mess. Yeah, you know what of misogyny you're, you're that we've right. had to deal with. Probably why we haven't gotten a lot of land either. Mm. We should just keep those two away. <laughs> Keep them out of it. And she's like, you can't go into the ways. And then he's like, I've traveled in them before. And she's like, hey, cool. This sounds like an adventure. And he's like, you are not coming. Like, I don't even know what you think is going on here. So Fayil is less upset than Perrin thinks she's going to be because she comes in and she should have been "Mm." erupting. Yeah. She should have been so angry. Like a bundle of dry twigs tossed onto the fire. Because women always get angry. Women are horses and twigs, guys. Naturally. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, so he's like, nope, like loyal to me. Remember loyal? Loyal's still in the story. Loyal to me. We're going to you two rivers. You can't come with. And also, I don't even love you. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, well, I could train people to fight. Like, that's my whole thing. Because if you missed it, which is totally fair because she hasn't fought because, you know, obviously she's a woman. Well, so there's even that wanna... one point in, like, the chaotic battle where Rand looks and he sees, like, Perrin and she's fighting got her... and she's, like, fight, like guarding his she's back. She's covering his back. back. Yeah. Yeah. No, she can be strong in the moment. But if, if we need her to be weak, she can be weak. So that's, she's versatile. Yes. <laughs> so we have that. And, and he's like, I said, and he's like, she's like, I heard what you said. Like, stop it. I'm coming with you. Like, you're not going to convince me not to. And he's like, I'm going to do what has to be done without you. And I'm like, Perrin, just stop. Like, I hate this. This, I, is, this so is my least favorite trope of all time. Well, yeah, and, not, but it is one of my least favorite tropes yeah, of all time. Like, I don't like and that. And then, then, then it's, she bounced to her feet so fast, he thought she was coming for his throat. Do you think Berylin will go with you? Will she guard your back? Or perhaps you prefer her to sit on your lap and squeal. Tuck your shirt in, you hairy oaf. It, does it have to be so dark in here? Berylin likes dim lights, does she? Much good she will do you against the children of the light. Perrin opened his mouth to protest and changed what he had been going to say. She looks a pleasant armful, Berylaine. What Ew. man wouldn't want her on his lap? Gross. <sighs> I almost vomited. I really did. Cause does she slap him here or does she just turn around and leave? Because she should have slapped him. <laughs> this yeah, no, she does not she does not she just leaves and then Perrin admits his fault had to be done out loud as she leaves and he's like I killed white cloaks and I don't want you in my terrible terrible world well what his thing is is like he thinks that he's basically going back to die and so he doesn't want her there. that's great he can get over himself and I don't care about his stupid reasons and then (laughs) that's not me trying to be like oh oh, I know no no no, I know but but that's why that is the argument yeah he's going to sacrifice himself yeah Yeah. and I don't accept it yeah fine and then Fail obviously because she's a woman chases down Berylin she chases down Berylin who is a milk faced vixen who runs about half naked a hussy <laughs> yeah it's not enough for the and men that sneaking to... sow Berylin that prancing she goat <laughs> It's a she-goat for me. It was a she-goat. And are so terrifying. she's like, doesn't even realize she's chasing Berylin. I mean, we realize it because she's a woman, so she's going to. But she realizes it. And then she's like, he belongs to me. And then Berylin's like, I will take him from you if I want to. And then Fayil, who's trained in fighting, obviously, and tries to attack Berylin. And then Berylin like kicks her ass. Yeah. Like, this is not even a fight. She has her on the ground, all this she, stuff. She like grabs her wrist and like flips her like barely knows how to defend herself basically is yeah like the point which we didn't know because obviously she just sc- stood and st- screamed in terror yes during the ran thing which was admittedly messed up but like she has showed none of this so far because yeah. obviously but when she's fighting a woman it's easy it's easy when you fight a woman so it's fine and then Ruark, Ruark yes Ruark he shows up and he schools Berylaine because obviously the ruler of He's this like of this. land yeah. can be schooled by this random man and he sends her to her room <laughs> like, like a petulant child go to your room and she, he literally counts yeah which is like He's so like, demeaning like, 
He goes, it's like a parent who's like, I, on, I'll count to three. Except that this <laughs> is on full grown woman who is like the ruler of yes. her city. Yeah. And Fayil notes that she even manages to sway <laughs> as she's running of away. Of course, as wo- as a woman does. <laughs> I, I I too love running away in fear of a random <laughs> By keeping man my hips swaying back by and forth. <laughs> continuingly to be seductive. <laughs> so Run, but make it. It's like Megan Fox in like Transformers. They're like, run, but like in slow motion to make it sexy. <laughs> Yeah. No bra, things bouncing. They watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fael loses her knife or one of her knives. Yeah, he takes a knife. T- because he, it's her punishment. Yeah. So, for- so Berylaine's punishment was Fael watching her get sent to bed. And Fael's punishment, because Fael's cool and has knives, uh, is that he takes one of her knives. Yeah. And so that and happens. That. And then Berylaine had said something along the lines of Ogier's oath on it. And Fael is like, I have an idea. And then we don't know what happens after that. Okay, so because she said that it's because Ogiers would never break an oath. Yes. Has he made an oath? Has has Loyal made an oath to Fail? Uh, not that we have seen. Okay. So I assume she's going to go and talk to Loyal and be like, hey, promise to keep me safe or something, because that's what a woman would do probably in this world. And then Loyal's going to be like, absolutely. I give you my oath. And then Perrin's going to be like, you need to come with me. And Loyal's going to be like, so Fael has to come. She's she's going to go to Loyal, yeah, and make him make an oath that makes her come on the journey. Which Well, smart. it would serve Perrin right. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't deserve Fael at all. So he's Fael deserves he a, a better a better Lummox. right than <laughs> a Harry Lummox. This, yeah. This chapter gave her. Yeah, she's like, got to whip him into shape. Like the women just have to fight the women over a man because mm-hmm. that's all we do, Taylor. <laughs> You're right. It's actually been too long I think for us. We should probably well, do we, that. We also do something else which Matt points out. We clean <laughs> and we cook. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then we join up with Matt who has found he's like the terrain i think i'm gonna go into it and he's even like this is life or death according to me so <laughs> i've decided that uh, i've this decided is what this that is. if i don't go through here i will die so i'm not breaking my oath to Egwene, but you know i am going through this and he's like taken in the room and i don't know why this was necessary again straight out of like the misogyny handbook this is misogyny 101 he noticing all this dust oh right it's dusty down there and then he's like he He's kind of surprised it's so dusty because he says he was surprised that Egwene and Nynaeve had not dusted and tidied while they were down here. Women were always dusting and straightening, even things that did not need it. Footprints crisscrossed the floor, some of them from boots, but no doubt they had had men to shift the heavier items about for them. Right. They Nynaeve liked finding ways to make a man work likely she had deliberately hunted out some fellows enjoying themselves of course so it started rough and just never let up (laughs) it said said, kept going it said there's heavy boxes here which obviously they didn't move themselves because they're weak and useless and only good for dusting (laughs) and also i bet you nynaeve went out of her way to make men miserable while she she made them do work for us because that's all she knows how to do yep nailed it (laughs) cha-ching right on the nail right on the head (laughs) yes these are things that were said in this book (laughs) 
<laughs> that is correct. <laughs> but then, like the, you know, chaotic child he is, he's, he goes into the Tyrangriel with no real concern for himself. He's like, yeah, let's let's do it. We're going for it. To be fair, I don't think Egwene... Should have told him? Should have told him. But also, Maureen I don't think Egwene told, Egwene. <laughs> told everything that Moraine told her. So again, it's just people not communicating properly. Yeah. She didn't tell him that like going in there could result in him dying. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, she like she tried to emphasize the danger, but but she didn't say what the danger was, which is yeah. the problem with everyone in this book. They just keep saying things to each other, and they're like, "No, trust me, bro. Trust me, it's dangerous." I and promise. then they're like, "Ah, uh, trust you. me to be able to handle the danger that I don't know what it is." Yeah. yeah. So we go in and we meet the snake people that are in the Tyrangriel, and so they have this oath. And Matt's very upset because he doesn't know whether they're men or women, and that's just really yeah. upset. Matt is him. like angry in this scene he's so mad they're not answering his questions right the way he wanted them to he's like very aggressively upset that they like they're giving him answers and he's like that's not what i wanted to hear tell me actually so exactly they tell what him you to meant. go to Roydion. well first so he gets in there and they ask him like they make sure he had doesn't have anything that makes light iron or something that makes music which he does M- a musical instrument he has a steel dagger that's not iron. yeah and he left the lamp on a barrel outside and he doesn't have a musical instrument on him unless you count his voice which i assume is yeah singing beautiful and melodic (laughs) yeah and he's like wandering so they take the the thing that meets him takes him to the rest of the snake people the next section of the quest yeah so they go through he sees things through the windows and it's like creeping him out so he doesn't look well he sees (laughs) and then a Spire, three, three tall, tall silvery, silvery spires, spires curving in toward each spires. other. So their points all aimed at the same spot. Yeah. But he like sees it through like every, not every window. So like when he's going, he's traveling different. It, it's, it's just like confusing weird the distance intervals. Like you shouldn't I'm see it. I'm yeah, surprised he didn't look in on someone cuddling someone else because that's what I was <laughs> or naked, a naked snake <laughs> person. Yeah. That's, I was ready for it. <laughs> so he gets to the room and then there's these snake people on these like tall things and he notes that like it doesn't look like there's like a ladder or anything to get up to them. And his first question is whether or not he should go to the two rivers to help. He lays out the whole story because naturally these magical people need to know the whole story, I'm sure. And his he was going to ask other questions, but when they answer, they tell him no, he has to go to Roy Dion. And he's like, changes his answer or his questions because that was not the answer he wanted and he's like why do i have to go to roideon what do you mean and then they tell him that he doesn't go to roideon he will basically die because he will have sidestepped a thread of fate and well, then he has to use his third question to get the your sidestepping the death part a thread yeah. of oh the sides yeah fate. but then he's mad that they made him use up his questions so he's burn continues your soul to for a craven heart questions <laughs> he's swearing like bloody burn those are the rules sorry for the language. dirty sorry you didn't listen <laughs> can use hussy but we can't <laughs> use the f word <laughs> they cuddle yes and burn you for thinking differently <laughs> absolutely the one answer that he gets is almost like a prophecy type sounding and it's that he is fated to marry the daughter of the nine moons so there's the nine moons coming back up whether or not it's connected we shall see to die and live again and to give up half the light of the world to save the world well to die and live again and live once more a part of what was also they keep talking about how he is another one which we realize that rand has also come through yeah as he's portal asking these questions there's like a bell tolling and the snake people are getting a little agitated because 
there's too many beings too many beings here the to die and live again and live once more a part of what was in the great hunt otter hawkwing like mentions to her on that (laughs) they still like take heroes into their ranks of like the horn guys Mm -hmm. whatever the companions so maybe matt's gonna die and then become one of the heroes of the horn and that'll be like his full circle like blows the horn now he also is a part of the horn (laughs) (laughs) i assumed it was gonna have to do with battle that we heard about like when he he, he, woke up yeah he's gonna basically have to relive that battle well because he's like the the one who's talking the old tongue and like he's got like that connection so that's what i assumed although i like your idea taylor so the bell is tolling the world is shaking things are unstable and everybody is stressed and so matt is rushed out by the guides he tries to like fight them because he again is so angry that they didn't answer the way he wanted them to answer and he like runs through he gets tossed out and then he runs back through but he can't go into the terra again because there's only one you can only go in once yeah. So he's pissed. And then as he's sitting there waiting, Rand steps out. Rand backs out. So like the snake people were like chasing him out almost or something. And Rand's like, wow. And then Moraine comes out. Yeah. And then Moraine's like, is Perrin in here too? Like, are you guys so <laughs> Are you stupid? kidding me? And she's like, like, who told you this? And Rand's like, I read about it. Matt, Matt's like, yeah, I read about it too. Same Z. Yeah, those I books read that book. he just said also took those out of the library. <laughs> don't check my library card. I don't. Don't ask me the names of them, but I did read it. <laughs> I did read it. I'm super smart and totally was not told by Egwene. So. <laughs> and then Moraine and Rand have like a little standoff about their answers. Moraine's like, you know, if you want help like deciphering them and then Rand's like why don't you tell me what they said to you and she's like absolutely not Rand's like I'll show you mine if you show me yours yeah basically and uh, she's like "Mm, okay bye but we also have the reveal that Matt was talking to them in the old tongue which he keeps doing without realizing but Rand didn't like his interpreter (laughs) yeah Rand Rand had to have someone come out that could interpret and he was like I'm confused (laughs) I'm just picturing Rand is like the uncultured like white person yeah. like in a different country that like doesn't is He's mad that people Google aren't speaking like, looking around like what <laughs> english do you speak yeah. english yeah. like oh my i like like the people the fact that the people aren't speaking the language he speaks he's pissed off about but but yeah matt was speaking the old tongue and that freaks him out a little bit but he's like but he oh. doesn't he also doesn't fess up to it he's like i totally also needed an interpreter yeah that was super weird you know how, and like i say I words sometimes like, like i don't really know what they mean <laughs> he's like yeah i don't i don't really know he and also like knows. i didn't even get to ask questions he never knows that he is speaking the old tongue like he can't tell i it just slips in and my out. could you imagine more rain like doesn't speak the old tongue but imagine he's just saying all of this in the old tongue and they're like, yeah, sure, you didn't understand them at all. <laughs> well, could you imagine just like not knowing you're speaking a different language? Like, oh, it would be a great time. No, I have to think uh, we really also hard have... to speak another language. So. <laughs> I just think really hard to speak English. Like, <laughs> Matt's, Matt's like asking Moraine all these questions about like what happened in he's there. He's just and she, heated. He's really upset. Mm-hmm. And she says, and he's like, why not? Why not? And she says, if I know, if I knew everything, Matram, I would not need to ask questions. And he, he's also kind of unhappy about that answer. And and then he asks one more question, right? He asks why, like, as she's leaving, he's like, oh, like, why can't you go through again? Or 
That's, that's said, what he yeah. asked to prompt that right. response. Okay. And then Ran says, did you find what you wanted? And she says, did you? And Matt, okay. that's, yeah, Matt and turns to Rand and is other. like, yeah, he's like, hey, you're really going to just let Emonsfield burn? And Rand said, you know what? If I don't let Emonsfield burn, the rest of the world is going to burn. So Emonsfield's eventually going to burn. So Rand like has I learned something. <laughs> I kind of have to do my thing. And then Matt's I like, do I don't know what done. to do. Like he hasn't been told exactly where to go. I wonder and if he will go there. Rand knows that Perrin is going to Emmonsfield and like that he might not come back. He's like, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Sacrifice yourself. <laughs> have fun. Bye. And right, that's we what we read. Yep, that is what we read. Sorry for uh, dragging you through the misogynistic world <laughs> that I didn't remember was misogynistic. It's really easy as a woman sometimes to even... not realize that you skim it, I feel like, because I feel like they're like you read fast mm-hmm. and you've you fully fessed up before, maybe not on this podcast, but on my podcast, <laughs> the other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That you skim yeah. occasionally. And I think it's really easy to just go into that mode when you're confronted with something that you run into all the time. And I think that's why it's important. Like, that's the whole reason why we're doing this podcast, too. I'm heated about this, almost as heated as Matt. I... He's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heated, not angry, so it's a little different. But it's important to talk about it because... It's common. It's common. It's there. In the other books, we've straight up said, you know, this is kind of a a smaller thing or like, you know... There's a part of us that probably could have went by and not mentioned this, but it's worth mentioning. This one really did feel different. Like this really one was in, in my face. face. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't not read it when I was prepping for a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I can see how you probably when you first read the series was just skimming so yeah. fast and you yeah. were like, "Oh, that's so fun." He's talking about boobs. Let's skim that part. Like, that's <laughs> so fun. Like or Look at me so silly. He just went into the, the thing he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, he's such a silly little boy. Totally not misogynistic at all. It's easy to do that when you're not looking at things critically, which is why it's important. And I to have like this is why discussion like this. is important. This yeah. is why I like talking about books because people are going to notice what you don't notice and you're going to learn something about the book, about yourself and about others through that process. I don't think it's a bad thing if you like this series, even though it has a lot of misogyny in it. It's something that's really bothering me because of how we're reading it it's also you can like it you can like what you're gonna know you can like it and know that it's misogynistic (laughs) and know that you shouldn't be doing those things (laughs) yeah you can also you can like what you want to like like i'm not i i don't like if you like it that's cool all i'm saying is like you can't deny this misogyny in it and this is something i run into all the time i love watching people who have different opinions of books than i have because of this reason because they make me see things that i didn't see Mm -hmm. yeah anyway that's the last bit of my rant all right <laughs> and with that let's let's do rankings first this time why not rankings yeah when do you 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 guys play rock paper scissors decide <laughs> who to go first <laughs> give them give them to me rapid fire let's go well, which one of us is no that's a bad joke i'm sorry i was gonna say which one of us is the perfect amount plump but i also don't want to i was that was a joke we don't need to objectify and... women that way i'm sorry i'll go okay i can do this quick bottom four matt Rand, Perrin, Tom. They were all <laughs> hey. ruining women's lives. They're all tied. <laughs> yeah, so I had they really 12th, were. I have twelfth Matt, Rand, Perrin, and then Tom. Bottom okay. mostly because Bottom we didn't vibes. we didn't get enough of Tom to for me to really drop him enough. When he was there, he was doing the worst. <laughs> he was just like yeah, it was ruined. <laughs> 
your husband suspects. <laughs> like, okay, that poor woman. Anyways, middle of the park, Elaine, Fail, Egwene, Min. Lots of grumpiness. Not queen yeah. vibes. Lots of women. <laughs> this is not queen behavior. <laughs> women hating women. Just Yeah, so I agree completely. I put Elaine, Min. This is going up, so eighth. Elaine, seventh Min, sixth Egwene, fifth Fail. Yeah, I had Min and Fail switched for that. Which is fair. I think I'm still really annoyed at Min for previous decisions, which is probably what I'm factoring in. And mm-hmm. Fail should maybe be lower. In fact, I'm gonna on the fly switch Fail and Egwene because Egwene felt like she was more getting objectified in this one than she was actually like doing anything that mm-hmm. I thought was not great. Mm-hmm. She was not necessarily helpful but she you know she was spending most of the time putting her clothes back on so that's <laughs> she you know it's hard she was busy multitasking she was it just a lot wasn't, wasn't working <laughs> that's true all right top three top four. top four or top four sorry top four i lost god <laughs> do math better got nynaeve moraine lan loyal and lan and loyal in the top two because they weren't they weren't there the misogynist <laughs> because they weren't <laughs> there they literally weren't there if they were there, I'm worried, but... Yeah. Lan took Nynaeve out on a midnight stroll yeah. every once in a while, and I... Yeah, but we didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see it, which is maybe the most egregious of <laughs> Robert Jordan's crimes in this part, is that he withheld that from me. Because that could have made me a little bit happier, and he was like, absolutely not. You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> I have... I actually have Lan in fourth, just because... He he wasn't doing anything really, <laughs> but he also wasn't doing anything there. wrong. So that was good. Moraine in third, because she is making more questionable decisions, maybe, but like, so she can't go right up to the top kind of thing, but she's still doing the most. Loyal, because I just, in my head, he's just been in his room reading mm-hmm. the entire time. Yes. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. I love that. He's probably <laughs> educating himself on the foundation of feminism, and I love that for him. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> And I have Nynaeve at the top because, you know, she's she's still getting like the sauce from Egwene and she's just like, it's okay. Egwene, do you need help with that? Can I have your back on this? And I just feel like that's taking probably a lot of power to just ignore Egwene. I feel that. All right. Let's play a little Would You Rather. Yeah. Would you rather read that section again? (laughs) Or start the entire series over. <laughs> I think start the entire series over. Yeah, that's the right answer. So I can just find all every single point of misogyny and just yeah, point it out. <laughs> Write an essay. Write an essay. See, yeah, I was gonna say just read that section over again just to like move on to the next. Just get out of yeah. here. If I had on. to read the first three books again, or and then I get to skip that section. And oh, go on okay. to the next section, or I book. have to read that section of two hundred what thirty five pages, what fifty three pages, I think it is. I would read the first three books again. <laughs> Just take all okay. the pages. I would that. take all yeah. the pages involved all to right. avoid those two hundred fifty three pages. <laughs> would Would you rather be a horse or a ripe fruit? <laughs> <laughs> a horse, for sure. A horse, for sure. A horse can run away can... from this. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> well, you know, the horse did try to bite Perrin, so I feel like maybe that's I, that's... I could I could get away with biting Perrin. Yeah. Okay. okay. Would you rather be attacked by your own weapon or like an axe? Would you rather be attacked by some d- 
playing cards or would you rather be attacked by many versions of yourself? <laughs> and I am going to say playing cards because I think that's like the most magical of all of them. And at least that's like kind of like fun and fantasy. The thing is, I don't is, want the weapon to attack me. The and I don't want to fight myself. one could have been over so fast if he hadn't looked at it. Like if he hadn't noticed that, that was just over. It would have been through his skull. Yeah, yeah he like head chopped. That's Whereas true. at least the playing cards, Matt was like something weird is happening. And then they were attacking him. And he could just kind of like throw them away. Yeah. Like that was that was fine. I think I would want to fight versions of myself because. Because you know their weaknesses. I, I would know my weaknesses, mainly good... being a woman. That would help. <laughs> that would. And um, yeah, I feel like I just would have the best chance. You just have to point out that you don't have the right amount of plumpness to one mm. of them and they would just break down crying. Yeah, so, that's or, like, right. You're not pale. And honestly, not pale they would probably actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. But you just show them some dirt in the corner and then they'd be forced to clean clean. They have to clean. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather clean or lift heavy boxes then? (laughs) Thinking back to like elementary school and like the teacher being like, oh, I need some strong boys to move these chairs around. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can carry three of them. I am the strong boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Would you rather look at someone's ankle or excellent pale bosom? <laughs> oh, the excellent pale bosom, chef's As kiss. long as it's pale. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just like, I don't, the paleness, like why, why it was is it the fun ex- that it's pale? It's I don't understand. that actually like really sent me to because just excellent like he couldn't even help himself he was like this isn't you don't understand there's been bosoms before but this one's excellent yeah and like i i just the the fact that as someone who like my i i get pretty tan in the summer i'm just like oh ouch like why my skin is not pale enough for you like damn i assume you know maybe there's more hidden in there but yeah probably there's, you know there's, like there's in there but that's fine yeah that's, that's there <laughs> call it what it is well it's hidden in the pale bosom so you, <laughs> you have to tickle them to find the racism say it i know what you're gonna say would you rather be tickled or cuddled by that <laughs> Cuddled because someone, if a man tickled me, yeah, I actually really hate being tickled. So I got, I think I <laughs> well, got no, say I would rather be tickled because at least then I would be smiling. <laughs> oh, oh, good one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I have one. Would you rather stop fighting with your friend over a man or just marry the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> Just marry the same one. <laughs> that won't. <laughs> yeah. Those are your two options. There's nothing in between. Either stop fighting or marry the same one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I think I'd stop fighting. I feel yeah. like that's. I don't really... think any man is worth that. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, I guess I guess Rand is. Obviously. I guess I guess it would be keep. You'd have to keep fighting your friend forever, eternally, or or marry the same man. Keep Sorry. Fighting or... Sorry. Do you want to keep fighting your friend for? ever and ever and ever and ever or do you want to just marry the same man well i feel like keep fighting because then at least i've got like an interesting like nemesis that i'm like always Mm. you know ready to fight (laughs) yeah but you also still have to hang out with because like your friends but you also have to hate her yeah this actually sounds like really terrible and i want to take back my question it's it's it's, actually don't have any good answer this is just like unhealthy (laughs) oh would you rather go through 
the redstone Tyrangriel, or would you rather just like ask Moraine <laughs> questions? <laughs> do the dangerous thing or do the smart thing? I would just talk to Moraine. Me and Moraine would be best friends. Let's yeah. be honest here. I'd be like, you don't want to tell me all your secrets? Good. I don't want to know them. Yeah, honestly, if you don't think I should know, I probably shouldn't. That's fine. Yeah, I'd rather just, you know, communication, everyone. To I do gotta say, though, photo, I am curious. Keep your secrets. Okay, would I'm you? Curious. I'm curious about oh. the situation in in the Tarangriel, so I might. Yeah. Okay, well, would you rather go through the question Tarangriel or the accepted test fears? The question. Ooh, the question one for sure. Yeah. Mm. Even even under the threat die. of death. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll take the threat of I death like... over knowing my fears <laughs> or facing. Well, them. I also feel like there's still the threat of death <laughs> in both. Yeah, I mean, I just think like the the point of the other one is that there's like a threat of death. But the threat of death is only if you like ask a question that they think is like super vain or about the shadow. So I feel like you can avoid those things. Would you rather have to live through the Witcher world or this one? I haven't read the Witcher, but based <sighs> off what you've said, it's this, but still bad. Still bad. Yeah. I kind of feel like this only because, yeah, the Witcher's like dark in a different kind of way. And I feel like this is just like our world. <laughs> I'd have to say this oh, one just because no. like the devil you know. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the devil you know. Though. The the game the game got serious the game was supposed to lighten the mood <laughs> and, and we've really... only just been like going in harder that's fine oh would you rather face tarmageddon or armageddon <laughs> tarmageddon i'm choosing tarmageddon yeah as the one that i've read about i've not read the bible <laughs> there you go yeah there you go the, the enemy Again, you know the devil you know <laughs> Would you rather journey to Roydeon or go on to Tanchico? Roydeon. You don't know anything about either of these. I don't know um, anything about it. Except one is Aiel and the other one is Tanchico. <laughs> I don't know what... I'm going to... I'm just going to go Roydeon. I'm hopeful Matt's, for Roydeon. Matt's dragging his heels for no reason. Okay. One is... I think Tanchico is like by the sea. The mm -hmm. other one is desert. So those are your options now. Okay. Well, I, I hate both of that. Well, Tanchico. <laughs> I mean, they have a museum. They have a museum. So. I'll just live there. It's fine. It'll be a night at the museum. <laughs> yeah, the museum would be kind of interesting. You were supposed to laugh at that, Alex. <laughs> Ooh, would you rather have all the experience of Moraine or so much power like a queen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the experience. Yeah, I'd rather know what the heck anything is or what I'm doing. Would you rather have to tell Rand you don't love him or that you do? <laughs> <laughs> That that I don't. Give me a little kiss. <laughs> I I I I could not kiss this man. <laughs> poor Rand. No, sorry, Rand. Poor not Rand. Not poor Rand. Not poor Rand. <laughs> poor Rand. <laughs> Rand has a lot of women falling over him. <laughs> he can have land fear. It's fine. Yeah. Would you rather take moonlight walks with Nynaeve or stay in your room reading like Loyal? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I would stay in my room reading. I mean, yeah, I'm reading. Yeah. I'm taking the moonlight walks Ooh, with Nynaeve. Yeah. I hope you enjoy them. I hope they're everything you've dreamt. <laughs> I do hope you would. I, me too. I would. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a very that that. heated, chaotic, heated, chaotic, upset, I'm just repeating Tay, misogynistic. I need to read yeah. something about tearing down the patriarchy. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple books for you. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So next up, chapter sixteen to the end of chapter thirty. That's where we're going to. I do want to ask something, and I want you to say as few words as possible, Alex. 
Does it get better? Or do you not remember if it gets better? Okay, well, the story, yes. Okay. (laughs) But I don't remember about the misogyny. (laughs) I will say, just before we go, because I want to just share this as well. I I, I was legitimately upset about this. And my partner, in all his kindness, (laughs) decided to pick up the book and just start reading a random chapter. (laughs) He was very confused. He was like, I don't know what's happening. He's like, it seems like it's less focused on the misogyny. But I can't really say more without say, like spoiling something. There is a lot of cool stuff he that does, happens in this book. And I'm going to, this is a small spoiler, but he said, I did open to a random page and I did see the line or the description full bosomed. <laughs> Oh, good. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> Love that. So I guess we will read and find out. We We're will read find and find out where Rand's going. We're finding out where the full bosom is yeah where that full bosom is we're gonna we're gonna find that (laughs) it belongs to that's the real question yep all right with that we do hope you enjoyed this podcast if you want to pick our brains a little bit more and or have any questions you'd like to ask us we encourage you to go ahead and join our discord server we have multiple channels in that server all dedicated to books we share it with another one of our podcasts our sister podcast the book jar pod and you can find all sorts of readers in there so definitely go ahead and check that out if you want more directly from us and you want to see some pretty pictures of books that we're posting go ahead and follow us on instagram at queens of fantasy pod on there otherwise if you specifically want to engage me in a feminist rant and or have questions about anything i said here i encourage you to find me on instagram at maddie dancer that's with two t's i also have another podcast sister podcast as we mentioned called the book jar pod which i run with my friend megan and you can submit questions there as well. So go ahead and check that out on social media at the Book Jar Pod. And finally, if you want to have this podcast but more chaotic and with two guys named Matt, yes, and about video games, <laughs> and it be about video games, go check us out at Crowned Heathens. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me at Current Tay Reading and. Yeah, that's about it. That's it. That's it. That is all. <laughs> Alex, you can find me on Instagram at a creative al or on the Discord as Alex Sedai. Yeah. You can also find all of us on Storygraph if you're so interested in reading reviews that we have of books or what we're currently reading or even just want to see where we are in the series because we are a little bit ahead of where these episodes come out. Those will be linked in the description of this podcast. Otherwise, we thank you so much for joining us on this journey and we are so excited to see you in the next chapters. Bye, Bye, friends. Bye. Trust her, Hawk. <laughs> Are you okay? That's the cutest sneeze of all time. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. I don't sneeze once, I sneeze three to five times. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> now that that's over, Sp- smooth your skirts. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're already smooth, so. Yeah. Attack. <laughs>
Not here. It's for in front of men. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. 